shrimp on a treadmill? Shrimp on a treadmill. Bubblegum shrimp? I know who's going to interrupt me in about two seconds. Dun, dun, should, dun. I should have the Skype open, huh? It would be good. <laughs> or the tweet deck. I got the tweet deck. That's what I meant. See, David read my mind. How did that happen? I'm here for you, You two bro. are married. Yeah. <laughs> George, we were no. tweet. We were no. DMing like crazy today. No, well, you, yeah, yeah, we were. Yeah. I was. He was just reading them because I, I had... DM me today. Oh, balls, right. don't even. Don't even. Dude. You came in on late today, dude. Do you not see the plan? I'm watching the wrestling to edge you out. I'm DMing him during the day to edge you out. You got that wrong because I'm watching the wrestling too. Well, that's why I'm watching the wrestling. But I, I, I love what's what we should save this for the intro. I absolutely love hearing from both of you because because Jason's all like fucking punk man. He better fucking win every goddamn match. And then Vince is like, I fucking hate punk man. I wish he was everybody. And I'm like, I'm loving this. Renee's like, I don't want to hear about none of it. I'm like, ah, dude, this is how how whacked it is. We're going to, um, my wife's like, oh, we're going to go see, uh, the Kennedys, uh, in, in, in she, like, who's our, our best friends for, and I'm like, oh, that's great. When we go, and she's like, oh, the weekend of April 6th, 7th. I'm like, oh, she's like, we don't have anything planned. I'm like, it's fucking WrestleMania. <laughs> she's like looking at me like, so? I'm like, woman, do you think your sons and I have been watching five hours of wrestling a week for our health? I'm like, it's WrestleMania. WrestleMania. Did you really call her a woman? <laughs> yeah, I call her a woman sometimes. Yeah. Dude, I, I have to part ways with you on Punk. I think you're totally deluded. The guy's a scumbag. Dude, first that of all, he's, it's an act. Of he's course it's an scumbag. act. But second of all, he is the best, without question, he's the yeah. best thing they have going. Nah. He really is. Hey, it's like uh, Brower is buds with him. Like They go out and have brunch and shit. Really? Who is? Yeah. Oh? Patrick Brower. Is, is Patrick oh, okay. straight edge? Is he what? Is he straight no, edge? As well? I think he's just no. worth of wrestling. Oh, that's cool. Cool. Because, I mean, he was the one who had the, he had the table with, with Lawler um, oh. at the restaurant, at that Italian joint that we yeah. went to. You're I wouldn't right, have right. CM Punk if I walked into him on the street. Well, guy. you're a better person he, for it, Chris. CM because he's Chicago made, dude. Yeah. He's the guy with oh, the silent butler cleaning up the mess in the corner. This is where you need to be objective. I mean, again, I, he, he, <laughs> oh my God, can we record this episode? I'm yes, let's, 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 he is an amazing wrestler. Really okay, is. I'll give him that. He's good, but he's not the best. He is. Pipe bomb. Del Rio's the best. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, I will poop in his mouth. Three, <laughs> this is staying in. Three, two, one. 11 o'clock comics, episode 250. Fifty-six. You may not have pooped in my mouth, but you shit all over my intro. Good God. Because he's biting on Kirby, that's why. Bite. You can go the same gay bars, too. That's cool, dude. He was in the ring. 
Let's do it. God, this is it's a mess already. <laughs> it really is. Dude, I had so many people I wanted to beat today for the intro. It was almost impossible to choose. There's a lot of them. It's so many. So many yeah. topical things. So there you go. 11 O'Clock Comics, episode 256. I'm Vince B. Yes, you are. And I'm Christopher Neisman. Yeah, you are. I'm David Price. Yes, you are. And I'm a father Guido Sarducci. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's so realistic. Do it again. Father Guido Sarducci. I'm uh, fresh from the conclave of Vincenzo. I think are you, you are, are Father Guido Sarducci. Are, are you still? Are you still in in Rome, Father? Or uh, I'm in Rome. I, I I'm trying to find the good weed because they told me uh, that we were going to have it to smoke, but they did not mean the puff puff pass. So I need the weed now. <laughs> Uncanny. No, you are not Father Guido Sarducci. You are Mr. Jason Wood, and you know, you know what. You can get heavenly discounts heavenly. on comics and collectibles at our, our, our fine sponsor, the Discount Comic Book Service, dcbservice.com. Check this out. You can get the first trade of Nick Spencer and Riley Rosmo's uh, it, uh, Bedlam from Image. The cover price is $9.99. Your price, $4.99. 50% off. Do the math. And uh, it's even got Fraser Irving covers. So that's pretty nice. cool. From the boom. You can... <laughs> you can... <laughs> you, from the boom. You can score <laughs> Clive Barker's New Genesis number one. It's the first issue of a 12-issue maxi-series for a special discount of 50% off. $3.99 cover price. Your price, buck ninety nine. It's Clive Dollar Barker. 99. You know it's going to be good. And... Over at our fine friends at IDW, that crazy cantankerous old man John Byrne is at it again with another four-issue miniseries. It's like eating candy for the dude. Uh, This one's called Doomsday Point One. I think I'm all over this one. Yeah, I'm thinking it's kind of maybe hopefully tied to the Doomsday Plus one. It is. It is. Yeah. Um, Written and drawn, cover art by John Byrne, Say No More. $3.99 Three ninety nine cover price. Your price a dollar ninety nine. Remember what we tell you every week. If you're a first time customer, enter the following code into the pre moistened slot, and you'll get an extra eight percent off your already massively discounted order. Yeah, you will, David. What's that code? EOC eight. Uh, he's so good at that. He EOC eight gets you an extra two hundred fifty six times. He's done that. Number <laughs> number two. Don't worry about handing in your order form late. They will accept late orders and orders past the final order cutoff. They're awesome like that. And three, digital previews. Oh my yes. God. A buck twelve, I think they are. And you will get a non-tree killing version of previews right to your home. Right to your mm-hmm. email box. They are the best. And we got another fine sponsor this week. Oh yeah we do. Yeah. Did you know that uh San Diego is not the preeminent comic book show. Everybody thinks it is. It's, it's not. not. No, it's no, not. It's whichever one we're at. It's right. That's and great. we are going to be at this year's Cidos Idos. I'm talking yes. about... C- All four of us together again? Really? Yes. <laughs> I'm, t- I'm talking about C2E2, which will be held from April 26th is to this, the... Tw- is this Cidos Idos Cuatro? Yes. Yes. Okay. It is. April 26th to the 28th 
in Chicago uh-huh, at the West Building of McCormick Place. Ooh, Get, yeah. You know who you're going to see there? It's unbelievable. Brian Azzarello, Rick Remender, Paul Cornell, Amanda Connor. Who else? Uh, Brian Wood, Mike Norton, Tony Moore, John Lehman, Chris Burnham. Oh, my God. I'm going to give him a big old kiss. Um, who who did I forget? Who? Peter Davidson is going to be there. Get the hell out of here. The fifth doctor is no, going to be in the house. You're I'm very kidding excited. me. I'm very excited. Well, he speaking was my, of. He was my doctor. Peter Davidson was your doctor? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did he ask yeah. you to cough? No. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, speaking of entertainment type people, uh, Diamond Dallas Page, J- Jake the Snake Roberts, Julie Newmar. Oh, my God. Uh, some the, pe- all of the uh, uh, yeah, Burt Ward and uh, um, Adam West, Adam West, and Brian Posehn's going to be there. Yes, writer of Deadpool. Yeah, those dudes from the Walking Dead show. Um, Dude, you know who's going to be there? Bruce Tron Boxleitner. Wow, get out of here! And also for you campy people older than me, namely Vince and David, uh, Adam West and Burt Ward are going to be there. What did Chris just said? Oh, sorry, my bad. Am I? Oh, you know why? Because because Jason isn't forty yet, so he can't hear us. Oh, that's no, yeah, filters out. I know. I I was just um, I just stepped over to say hello to my mother in law who just came into town. So sorry about that. What's up? (laughs) It is going to be a huge show this year, and don't miss out. You can get a three day pass. Shut up. You can get a three day pass. See us and Alex West. Alex West. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, what a fiasco. You can get a three-day pass for only 55 bucks if you pre-order. Bargain. It's going to be $65 at the show, Still but buying your tickets in advance is the only way to guarantee entry to the show. Go to c2e2.com, get your damn tickets, come over to our booth and talk with us april 26th through 28th think about it people dump hundreds of dollars on dumbass tickets to a broadway show that lasts what no no let me go that lasts two hours you are paying 55 dollars for an entire weekend of entertainment no lie it's value i can't i can't agree more and i guarantee everybody that pre-orders through our show i will personally escort through the cheapy bins and we'll go looking for comics together how about Jake you, the Snake you, Roberts being up there? That's hilarious. What's wrong with Jake the Snake? Nothing. I want him to. I want him to, to give me to DDP me, dude. <laughs> I, I hope uh, Mr. Lawler's there too. Might be there with DDP. Yeah. So there you go. C two E two. Don't forget about it. All right, Vince. What are you yes. drinking, sir? Um, uh, Peppy Max. So that's your problem tonight. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's, no, that that's my only soda, problem. The soda's the problem. <laughs> yeah, you need to be hitting the hard stuff. All I'm right, all David, jazzed up over you. the new papal choice. Uh, I uh, I I am. <laughs> well, I, I started early because my my throat's been bothering me the past couple of days. So I I am having. Uh, at first, I finished that already during our technical difficulties. But I um many thanks thanks to uh, Mr. Peter Jackson. I decided to finish off the uh, the wild turkey American honey that I had in the cabinet with some. With some tea, so I finished that, made myself a little bit of a hot toddy, and now I am just drink, drinking straight, right out of that same glass, uh, Buffalo Trace. Well, there you go. I do like some Buffalo Trace. Uh, it's very yummy. And Jason, how about you? Uh, I'm not drinking uh, Pepe Mac, but I'm drinking Diet Doc DP. What up? What up? Yeah, High five. Diet soda in the house. Yeah, guys, disappoint me. <laughs> uh, 
I'm having uh, one of my favorite ales. It's uh, it's from Rogue, uh, Rogue Brewing, which is in Newport, Oregon. So make some good beers out there in Oregon. And I'm having their uh, awesome Dead Guy Ale. I like the name. Uh, I do like yeah. the sound of that. Oh, it's it's a yummy ale too. We'll have some whenever you come out to uh, to C2E2, unless you're just going to sit around and drink fucking soda. Oh no, I, I, I Mr. Mouth, I plan on suspending the diet when I get out there. Yeah. You're gonna cook, right? Uh there could be a night of cooking. I'm yeah, not gonna be rude not, and say I can't eat be. that. There will be. Yeah. Okay, Friday night. Dude, we See? Be. Respect. 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 So we got, we got, house, got, dude, not a, not a, I'm pretty a, sure Jason got the joint because you were cooking. So yes, don't even okay. don't even play yourself. We're made okay. chef's kitchen, son. Is there like exercise area around that place? Or? No. You gonna bring the treadmill? Well, I mean, it, well, we I mean, can do calisthenics. You, we can do some. If you want to jog, yeah, just, you know, oh, yeah. do some yeah. push-ups and stuff. Oh, P90X, here we go. Throw a I mean, we're, we're, throw st- a we're staying. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we're staying in Wrigleyville, so I mean, there's gonna be plenty of places to to run. Cool, good. That's yeah. what I want to do. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Get all sweaty, good. and David won't be able to resist me, and Jason be crying <laughs> in the corner. Oh, my boo. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> oh, Both of them. Yeah. Dude, how's all right, you asshole. <laughs> uh, oh. All right, so Vince, are we gonna are we just gonna jump in and do this? I would like to. Okay. All right. Um, for, for this week, uh-huh. Christopher and I read the same thing. Go figure. Yeah, I know. We I do dovetail from time to time. Yeah. Did you, did you read it or not? Maybe. All right. Good. It is of. We mentioned it last week. It is by Alan Moore and Kevin O'Neill. It's the latest chapter as it were in the league of extraordinary gentlemen series it's called nemo heart of ice you want me to do a, a very very quick very quick rundown of the of the plot for these people and then we can we can riff on it there okay all right now i, I you know me i mispronounce everything is yeah. her name yanni dakar or is it Janny dakar uh i would say it's it's you know, I don't know. I was I was stumbling over that because it, I would think it would yeah. be Yanni, right? Yeah, Yanni right. sounds fun. Okay, you got Princess Yanni Dakar, who is the daughter of that feared science buccaneer, commonly known as Captain Nemo, who passed away in the Century Trilogy. 19, yeah, yeah. And she is really feeling the weight of her late father's legacy. Uh, now, the female Nemo who I will from now on call FEMO to avoid confusion, is uh, acting, uh, come on, it works, FEMO, uh, is acting uh, even more rash and impulsive uh, because she has this desire to outdo her dad. You know, her dad was this famous uh, and feared adventurer slash freebooter, and she's got a lot to live up to. So so she is really making some some, uh, spur-of-the-moment decisions, right? And one of these... Um, unmediated moments occurs when she decides to relieve Aisha, the Queen of Kor, of a large cache of valuables. And this sets off a disastrous chain of events that would see uh, Yanni and her crew of the Nautilus pushed to the very brink of life and sanity. See, the, the Queen of Kor is not uh, one to take such an affront lightly. She she likes to break necks of of birds when she's pissed off, and 
kill human beings, uh, as you saw in the first couple pages. And uh, the Queen, of course, secures the services of the very powerful Charles Foster Kane. <laughs> yes, the the rosebud Charles Foster Kane, who who then contracts the services of a trio of adventure uh, adventure heroes to pursue pursue Fimo and get her the Queen's valuables back. You have Frank Reed Jr., Jack Wright Jr., and young Tom Swift with a Y, S-W-Y-F-T-E. And they track Yanni and crew to the frigid wilds of Antarctica. The whole story is nothing more than a very clever excuse to give Alan Moore yet another opportunity to fold his characters into another Lovecraft narrative. This time... He picks the wonderfully warped 1931 at the Mountains of Madness. And there are sections ripped from that, that story and inserted into this league book. Almost, almost verbatim. Uh, he just switches the characters and it's really cool. Um, so that, that's about it. We have, uh, Yanni steals something. Somebody goes to retrieve her and then it becomes a Lovecraft homage. I thought it was great. A little fluffy though. A little light compared to the other stuff. Uh, what other stuff? What has come before? Of the um, yeah, you know, it it was short. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't long for you know. And, and I'll I'll jump in and say that first, of all, it's a beautiful little hardcover. Oh my god, like, yeah, yeah. It's what um, fifteen bucks. Fourteen, um, yeah, fourteen ninety five. And it's what is it? Is it even? Is it even sixty pages? I don't even think so. I think the story's fifty eight. And then you yeah. get the the four uh, text, back matter. which were yeah. just as good as the the main story. Did you read those? No, I I, I still have to read the text pieces. Oh my uh, god, they're awesome, dude. Yeah, oh, they usually are. They usually are. Yeah. He's, um, um, it. You know, we we talked about century. You know, obviously quite a bit. I mean, nineteen ten was was brilliant. Uh, nineteen sixty nine was my favorite comic that came out that year. Um, uh, two thousand. What two thousand ten, not not nineteen sixty nine, and um, uh, and then two thousand nine was good, but and I enjoyed it, but it was probably you know at that point I was like yeah okay I'm I'm kind of ready for this to be done, and then this came out and I loved it and and I started thinking about it and why do I why was I ready for for more league that was you know white like this and uh-huh. first of all uh, Yanni is. A great character, and she was introduced in Century 1910, and and I love the character, and I'm so glad that they decided to revisit her because I think that she has a lot of story to tell. Yeah. Um, but the other thing is, like, you know, I want to read about you know the that world that that the League was set up in, which was more Victorian England, and you know, so now we're you know 1925. Uh, in in this but yeah that's I, I want to read about these these old fictional characters i don't whenever they got to whenever they got to 2009 it was it was neat seeing quartermain and and nina uh live in our world or or kind of you know an off tilted version of our world but when it comes down to it, i want to see them in you know a hundred years ago. That's what makes that world fun is seeing fictional characters that that are, you know, a hundred or, you know, more years old and, you know, seeing 
Citizen Kane in this was just cool. You know, it's right. that. So there's there's a lot more appeal for me with with League whenever they are are you know in, in the setting that I that I think they should be. So well, I, I think this is more. <clears throat> sorry, rebuilding the league. I mean, with with Yanni, it's the first step because he he. Maybe. I don't think he's going to revisit. I don't think he's going to go backwards. Um, maybe oh, for, oh, no, for a one shot. Nina, Nina and 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 Quartermain's story—that's done. I right, mean, that, he, right. he told their story, but there are. I mean, the whole the whole for people that have not read League, the the overall concept of it is pretty basic. It is it, the the world is populated by all of the fictional characters in, that that have that have ever been written. So um, it's it's like a, a big fictional universe. If it's been in a movie or a, a play or a novel, those characters are real. So that isn't, it wasn't Hearst in, in, in this book. It is, it's Kane from Citizen Kane who was based on Hearst, but I mean, it's not Hearst, it's Kane. Right. Um, so all of, all of the characters in, uh, in the league world are fictional and that it just, it just pours into um, Moore's fascination with literary characters, and it's they are so laced with Easter eggs that every page is paying right. tribute to something, to to some some fictional character. And the first thing I do whenever I read a, a league book is I'll I'll read it, and then I go and try and find annotations on on the web and. They're almost it's almost instantaneous that the annotations start popping up and right. you have you have to read them or you'll never get all of the little Easter eggs in there. Now, have you ever read Mountains of Madness? No. See, that's a really big part of this. I mean, the 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 eyeless, but it, but it worked fine without me ever having read it, which is the brilliance of Alan Moore. Right, right, right. But if you if you if you have read it. The things that Moore does with little chunks of that story, they're, they're really cool. Like, uh, he pulls those penguins, the, the giant, eyeless albino penguins. That's straight from Mountains of Madness. Yep. And, and, uh, that's, that cry they were hearing, the Tekeli Lee, mm-hmm. that's from there. The, the star-shaped motif, the, the Necronomicon, um, that, it's all from Mountains of Madness. But at one point in the book, um, when, when Reed, and Swift, they're running from the Shoggoth, that, that giant, uh, multi-shaped blob that was chasing them towards the end. Mm-hmm. That's directly from Mountains of Madness, even to the point where, um, you know, when, when, um, Swift looks behind his shoulder and he, and he takes a look at, at the Shoggoth and that's what makes him go nuts. Yeah. That's exactly from Mountains of Madness. When, uh, Lovecraft's narrator is nameless, but, um, the narrator and his, uh, associate Danforth are running out of this ancient, um, impossibly old city away from the Shoggoth. And mm-hmm. Danforth turns and looks over his shoulder and it drives him completely insane. Because <laughs> basically he catches one glimpse of the Shoggoth and then it's all over for him. That, it's right from Mountains of Madness. And I'm thinking, I love, I love when Alan Moore plays with Lovecraft. Uh, obviously, uh, Neonomicon, he's done it many times. The Courtyard, um, sure. the, the, um, Yagoth cultures he did for Avatar. But 
I gotta say, in, in complete honesty, a lot of this, it's not homage anymore. When, when you take your appropriated characters and mm-hmm. place them into another appropriated sequence from somebody else's book. I mean, I love it and I get the nod and I think mm-hmm. Moore is really, he's canny. He's a very canny writer, but I, I have to admit, at a point, there's like, yeah, I'll pull this from Lovecraft and I'll use this over here. And in assembling the pieces, he makes a cool story, but it's still just folding somebody else's laundry. Do you know what I, I mean? See, yeah, to I a point. I, yeah, if he's if he's lifting like actual scenes, right? Uh, then right. that's yeah, then that's that's a little cookie cutter, um, you know. But I haven't read it, so right. I didn't pick up on that. And I'm sure it's it's one of it's something that you have committed to memory pretty well. Oh, it's a great uh, story. Yeah, uh, I love the uh, the Mega Patagonia. Oh stuff. my god! Yeah, wasn't yeah. that cool? Yeah, it's and you know we got you know we talked you know more and more and more and more and more. Um, Kevin O'Neill is a freaking monster. Oh, absolutely. So yeah. good, you know, as a as a graphic design person and and me as an illustrator, if somebody hired me to illustrate those ancient ruins that they find and the that proto Shagoth thing, yeah, I don't know if I'd be able to do it. I mean, Lovecraft is really descriptive in his book, but these are things beyond human comprehension, and you have to take that very notion of something so alien that if you look at it you go insane and illustrate that how do you do it how do you do yeah. it? but but o'neill did it and did you notice um what page is it on here right when they get to the city it's a it's a page that's almost completely in in pinks and reds and there's a a, a balloon that says madness and all you see is the sh- the city L- look at the clouds oh, okay. the clouds are little cthulhu's oh god Especially the one in the middle of the page to the right. That's Cthulhu right there. Wait, wh- this is whenever they get where? They're at the city. And you see the the mountains with, with all uh, the... Okay. And uh-huh. the clouds, they're all Lovecraftian. They have tentacles. The clouds have tentacles. It's <laughs> oh, really, my God, you're right. Yeah, it's really oh, close. Oh, my God, there. Oh, yeah, there's even like little eyeballs. And, yeah, that's a Cthulhu. Yeah. And oh, it, that's cool. Yeah, I won't did go you, into... Uh, did, you, did you notice um, on... Uh, let me see here. What is it? Uh, it would be page what? Um, one, two, three, four, five, six. <laughs> uh, page six, where the 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 rosebud nod. Mm-hmm. Did you notice that Wait, the painting? Three, four, five, six. Yes. It's it's the the fourth panel down. What the with the. the Oh, uh, with the sled, yeah, with the sled, yeah. yeah. I got the sled, but well, I, see, I wasn't thinking. I, I should have been. Is is that um, something that here? And it was in the it was in the annotations um, that William Randolph Hearst nickname for the for for his uh, mistress's um, um, right. Goody- Ox was Rosebud, right. so I believe that is supposed to be Marion Davies um, and on, on the rose on two panels side. up, where he says, "Um, where they give him the steam man of the prairies," uh-huh. and then Swift says, "Uh, well, uh, the other guy says, um, not it's not exactly the steam man of the prairies. The other one's in a in a British museum. My father's version uh, kind of adapted the original design. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't understand what they were talking about, so I had to look that up." Oh yeah, yeah. And uh the the Frank Reed Jr. character mm-hmm. is from a um series of books where 
uh, I think the first novel was called Frank Reed and His Steam Man of the Plains, yep. which was an imitation of Edward Ellis's Steam Man of the Prairie. So Moore is riffing on that with these characters by just throwing, you know, a gift, a metal steam man in there. Yep. And again, if you didn't take the time to look this stuff up, you, you wouldn't get it. You would, yeah. you, it would just, the, you just. All- I mean, all of the Tom Swift stuff. Tom Swift, Tom Swift is kind of the bad guy in this one. Yeah, he's a dick. Uh, yeah, he's yeah, he's he's yeah. a he's a jerk. Um, but that to to pick Tom Swift was so brilliant, and as you know, this kind of like you know genius boy inventor. But yeah, he's a total he's a total douchebag. Yeah, he and, makes a prototype taser gun. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, <laughs> which is based on on a Tom Swift book. That that electric rifle was the there was a Tom Swift book that was that was based on, that was about that. Yep. So yeah, it's just reference on top of reference. But you know, kind of what I was saying earlier, it's like the the Lovecraft stuff I haven't read, so so it was it was kind of lost on me. I I knew you get pretty quickly that that's what is going on that it's that it's Lovecrafty and stuff. Um, you don't need to know any of this stuff. You don't need to know who Tom Swift is. You don't need to know um, who uh, Citizen Kane. You, you, you don't have to have watched Citizen Kane to uh, to get this book and to enjoy it. It just really adds to the enjoyment whenever you do, whenever you do know the the references. And uh, and that's one of the you know one of the things I've always loved about League is that it's encouraged me to seek out the the source material that a lot of the the references are you know are pointing to so yeah mountains of madness is um lovecraft's longest piece but it's still uh-huh. pretty short i mean it, it's not a novel it's a long story but long meaning i think it's like 80 90 pages it's not you know it's not very long but um my favorite illustration in this entire book is the back end papers that kevin o'neill d- does with the uh the you, you see the the sarcophagus with the five pointed star yeah and it, that it's just incredible and and again that's that's right out of mountains and it, it's beautifully drawn like i conceptually i have a hard time in my mind's eye visualizing lovecraft's uh descriptions because they're so alien but uh who who better to, to illustrate them than Kevin O'Neill. Kevin Kevin O'Neill's been drawn. I mean, look at Nemesis, the warlock that, that, that comic looks like it was drawn on another planet. It's, it's just amazing stuff. He, he, I think he's one of the only guys that could ever pull this off. Well, he does it well. Yeah. Yeah. You got to read the text piece at the end. (laughs) I'm going to, I'm yes. Are you, are you, um, have you read much Jules Verne? Oh God. As a, as a kid. All right. Well, Master of the World kind of plays into the the text pieces. It's okay. nuts, nuts what what he does. I I wish I almost wish that he didn't um, write it prose and saved it for the next book mm-hmm. because it would have been. Incredible. I hope there is a next book. Oh yeah, I'm sure there will be. Yeah, I hope so. Well, isn't I'm this just... part of the? This is like the. Uh, this is like they're unofficially the uh, called the the tales of the. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah tales of the extraordinary or something like that so yeah because it's it's not this is not called league of extraordinary gentlemen nemo heart of you know it's it's or heart of ice um there's no whisper of of 
League of Extraordinary Gentlemen on the on the the jacket at all. Right, it's, right. It's, yeah. But based so. on the creators, it's it's kind of. I mean, I would look at that and think that okay, oh, it's out of that it's, world. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. How about the um, the time uh, flux from the magnetism? That was wild. That's that crazy. Wild. I had was, to read that like two times just to figure out what, what the hell was going on. Yeah, it was awesome though. They're not penguins. <laughs> and you know, I, it totally um, blew my mind that Sledge is not only Sledgehammer, but they called Sleds Sledge, Sledges. And I'm thinking, well, there's one point where they said, "Well, move the sledges over here." I'm like, "What the hell are you talking about? How long does it take to move a sledgehammer?" But a sledge is a sled used for transportation. I was like, "Oh, okay, I get it now." And how about the chim- not the Chimera, the Sphinx? With the with the star head that they stumble upon, that's a great two page spread. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. it's there. There, there's definitely some you know stop you in your tracks pages in here. I I love the uh, the opening um, scene, um, right? Page page two and three. The uh, the spread with uh, with Yanni and her crew mm-hmm. um, having just, just eviscerated a ton of uh, uh, a ton of the sailors for uh, what uh, uh, Queen Aisha is that her name yeah and uh, and uh, and Kane's uh, as they're they're stealing all the cargo from their from their ship that's a great page mm-hmm. it is uh, yeah so much and the I still love the design for the Nautilus I think is so freaking cool don't you wish it was longer though. The book, I mean, well, I, I wish the book was longer. Yeah, oh. I I wish there was a little bit more development with uh, Aisha because yeah, we we understand that she's a bloodthirsty, um, deposed queen and she's got things to be pissed off about. But uh, in in the first scene, she just totally eviscerates the prince just because yeah. he didn't he didn't really do anything to to preserve her honor, so to speak, and. Uh, I mean, it, it's pretty graphic, and then you just see her snapping birds' heads. Like, there's really we're gonna, no. We're gonna need more doves. <laughs> there's really no development with her. And, um, Jason, you said you read this. No, no, I was teasing. Oh, I okay. Uh, hearing you guys talk about this made me realize I have not read. Uh, it's been a while. I haven't read Black Dossier or Century. Oh, really? Any of that? Wow. Yeah. Uh, Black Dossier will take you a little while. It's because it's, it's gosh, it's more text pieces than yeah. it is um, uh, sequential. But it's all worth it. And it's, it's dirty. It's dirty. It's dirty. Uh, <laughs> it's it's great. I, Black, Black Dossier might be, you know, it's yeah, it's up there. It's it's up the there. most versatile of all the league stuff. Uh, yeah, just visual know, well, visual presentation. It's all over the place. Well, that's what that's what introduces uh, Moore's Blazing World, and that's where things really change. I mean, Black Dossier really turned the series around. Um, the first two volumes were they were great because it was just this this uh, kooky, you know, fictional world that that Moore and and O'Neill had, had created, and it, you understood the rules of it. And then Black Dossier comes out. And it, it really kind of changed everything by you know introducing the the blazing world, and that's um, the we get sniffs of that in this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's um, the oh, what's the name of it again? The uh, the reverse France with Meta- the Metapatagonia. Metapatagonia is yeah. part of the blazing world, as far as I understand. 
And I, I wish that was explored more. That was only two pages, and he gives—he's like a, yeah. a a really, really good prostitute. He, he gives you a little taste, and then he pulls back, makes you want more. We only get like not you that know, I know the, what prostitutes are like. Yeah, just the tip. Yeah, we only get like one panel of like a a a dog with a sword speaking French backwards. You know, I could have gone pages with that. Yep, I saw that as deputy dog a little bit. There was a little deputy dog there. Yeah, yeah. By the way, speaking of Alan Moore and great art, I just saw today that in this month's Heritage comic auction, Uh there are three Watchmen covers up for auction. Whoa, really? Those would be cheap. Yeah. (laughs) Did you happen to watch that video video series I tweeted today about Alan Moore post-Watchmen? He's talking about Swamp Thing? No. Oh, it's it's awesome. Karen Berger's in it, um, Len Wein, and Alan is just the nicest, fuzziest, um, warmest person. It's obviously before the comic industry, you know, before the bitterness really slammed him down. Yeah. But mm-hmm. yeah, now he's he was talking about Swamp Thing, and and he said, yeah, I'm doing this thing for uh, me and Dick Giordano talked about it. It's called Watchmen, and <laughs> it, it's it's about what if superheroes were real? What kind of problems would they cause? In, in the real world. And he kind of goes into Watchmen a little bit, but you, I mean, he doesn't let any of the pertinent details out. It's just, <laughs> yeah, you may, you know, take, keep your eye out for it. Yeah, he's, well, he's great. I mean, you got to love free internet teases. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is, is I'm sure he's a very, still seems, I'm sure he, and he's a very happy guy for a lot of his, his life. It's just that we only hear about him now because someone puts a mic in his, face and sit, ask him something that yeah. we know he's going to be pissed off about, right? Exactly. I mean, he um, he did an interview a few years ago on Indie Spinnerack with Trillito and Mr. Phil. He and Melinda Gebby both, they, it was like a two, three hour chat they had with them right after Lost Girls came out. Mm-hmm. And they were laughing up a storm. He was funny and charming and oh, yeah. joking about porn and sex. And I mean, he, he seemed as happy as could be. And again, <laughs> The thing about Charlito and Mr. Phil on that is that they were they were probably just as excited to talk to Melinda Gibby as they were. Oh, definitely. To Alan Moore. Oh, yeah. But the cool thing was is again, since they I mean they really only focused on that work and they so he was happy because they didn't ask him about Watchmen, they didn't ask him about DC, you know, so I'm sure he's a very I would like to think he's pretty happy with his life when he's not being reminded of comics and not getting right. the money that he thinks he should have had, you know. I could listen to him talk forever. Oh, he's awesome! Lo- just the way he his his speech, the 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 you know the the patterns that he he uh, uses, he's great. He's yeah, very like Guido Santucci. <laughs> <laughs> I listen to uh, uh, Snakes and Ladders uh, every oh, year. Oh my god, I love that so much. So, so brilliant. Yep. So um, published by our buddies over at Top Shelf. Go get it, Nemo. Heart of Ice. We didn't yeah. even scratch the surface. Oh, there's the so book. much. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we could go on and on and on about it. But David and and Jason deserve to tell well, us about what they've been reading. Jason, yeah. Oh, ah! <laughs> see, this is where you this is where you screw up. You were this close to no. It, this is tough love. Oh, mm. yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if David goes for that. <laughs> oh, he does. Yeah, he does. Jason. He likes it rough. What up, Boo? Hi, Boo. Ah, hey, come on. Girl. Move it. Um, <laughs> well, I read something, and I think I know you read Vince. I'm not sure. David and Chris may have read it, at least part of it. 
Um, I read the first issue of Glory when it came out. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. Okay. I enjoyed it, but uh, the trade came out about a month ago, I guess. A little more was, than that. Yeah, but was it really? Okay. Yeah. Well, it's been sitting on my stack, my regime pile, and I threw it in my bag for this week, and I read the first trade, and I effing loved it. I thought it was great. I thought yep. it was absolutely great. It, um, it uh, written by, well, first of all, Glory, um, much like Prophet, was a character created by Rob Liefeld in the 90s. And at the time, it was very much a 90s image-centric take on Wonder Woman. Um, much like the Prophet reboot, the creative team this time uh, took the core of the idea, but really went in a very different direction with it. Um, it's Thankfully. written by Joe Keating, who um, used to work for Image and, and as an editor, and, or not an editor, but he was a um, yeah he, no he edited um, yeah he was he started I think he started there in marketing and then yeah and then he he, edited, he won an Eisner for that uh, that anthology it escapes me what the name of it was but uh, it was uh, Comic Book Tattoo yeah 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 um, and he's been and he left Image actually to pursue a writing career and it's 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 been working out well for him. So he has been the writer for the entire series. If I'm not mistaken, the last issue just is due to wrap up. So the, the series ran 38 issues, I think. And this collects the first six. Uh, and then I think the star of the book by far is uh, the art, which is by Ross Campbell. Yep. Um, much like Prophet, frankly, um, I think this book is really defined and, and is, it stands above the crowd due to its art approach. Um, Ross Campbell, Vince, how would you describe Ross Campbell's style? I, I was trying to think of an, of an eloquent way to articulate it to people that maybe haven't seen his work, and I'm struggling with a way to convey how it looks because it's very distinctive. Yeah. Uh, for me, I, I see his artwork as really dangerously cute. Like his his female characters are borderline. Uh, I mean, regardless of the age at which they're they're said to be in the book, he right. draw he draws very young looking women. But you're right; they look prepubescent. Yeah, little- but they're sexy, and you almost feel um, a little bit dirty because um, they are very sexy and very alluring. And he, he does things with lips. He draws very very pouched. You know the 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 uh, the booboo kitty face really well. I, I think he's a great great artist. Um, especially, he's a great designer too. Like we, I won't spoil it, but the the character that pops up towards the end, I love the design of that girl. Oh my god, it's so good. You know what I'm talking about, right? Um, and then Glory to take a character that was. You know, in the Vampirella mold, like the, right. the hot good, chick, good girl, good girl art, good, yeah. and and bulk her out to the point where facial features aside, it looks like a man with huge yeah. pecs. You know, that's bold. That's that's pretty daring. Yeah, and I should say, by the way, that I, I, people may have misunderstood me that when the issue when I say the series wrapped up at issue number thirty eight, that just like with all the um, the Liefeld reboots, uh, this book started at number twenty three. So when I say issues one through six, it's actually issues. 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28. Because, um, you know, it picks up where the old the old series ran to issue number 22. The new series picks up 20 years later, or 15 years later at issue number 23. So there's really like three trades worth of material. Um, but the, the story is basically of a, as Vince said, this really oversized, very alien-looking Amazonian woman. Looks sort of like, 
a cross between Wendigo and China from WWE. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Um, Pre-druggy China. What's that? Pre-druggy China. Uh, oh, sure. I didn't know she was druggy, but sure. Uh, b- b- before she went to Dr. Drew. Got it. Got okay. It. Um, <laughs> the, she is a, um, I guess she's, it's fair to say she's an alien. She's from another dimension, but I, I don't know if, so call her an alien or from another dimension, whatever you want to say, but her name is Gloriana Demeter and she is the, um, the byproduct of, she's basically the peace offering love child of two, uh, warring, uh, factions of beings. There's a, there's an Amazonian humanoid, uh, faction who's her mother, who's a very tall, statuesque, uh, she looks almost, I guess, she looks like, I mean, they draw her to look like like a very beautiful, um, tall black woman. I, I don't, but she's like an alien, so I don't know if she's, she's humanoid, put it that way. Um, and then her, her father is a uh, very alien, almost like a, um, he looks sort of like what the, the manhunters in DC would look like in their true form, what the white manhunters, you know? So he's this gigantic white, like like actual Arctic white, um, alien looking uh, f- f- creature, and they have been warring for millennia. Uh, and the only way they can end the war is to have the king of this savage alien race and the queen of this humanoid race um, marry and have a child, and the child is Gloriana. And they're tied to Earth, much like a lot of the comic book. Uh, you know, in the comic books, there's a lot of pantheons and deities and stuff, and, and they're tied to humanity in different ways and get their power from humanity. In, in, in this, this setting, um, the, the maternal side from Gloriana were, were so powerful that humans have often viewed them when they've been seen as, as gods. Um, and the, 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 the aliens, the, the other side, the warring savage side that her father comes from, we often, they lead you believe her what we've often thought of as demons and the devil. So it's kind of just, you know, it's set up like she's, she's this sort of confluence of all of these, uh, mythological beliefs that we have ranging from the very best that we could be, you know, these godlike perfect deities to the very worst of evil and demon demonology and that sort of thing. Um, and we're set to a point where she's 500 years old. She's tired of living in this world. She feels like she's been trained enough and she wants to go to earth because she's fascinated by the, you know, the earth, earth and its people and sees us as being a really primitive race, but capable of greatness. So she comes to earth. She, um, hang, helps fight world war two. Uh, she is hanging out with Supreme and some of the other heroes. And then poof, she disappears. And that's where the series picks up. Um, and to, as Vince alluded, the, one of the central characters in the book is named Riley and she's in, a very petite Asian girl who is um, uh, trying to get her master's in journalism, and she decides to do her thesis on whatever happened to Glory. Uh, and and it's many years later, and she's basically been looking for Glory all these years, and she can't find her, and she finally finds her in a small uh, island in uh, off the coast of France. It's a little tiny, um, like population of a couple dozen people, little sleepy vacation, uh, like villa area. She finds glory and we're introduced to glory and why she's been in hiding. We're introduced to, uh, her human friend who's been kind of by her side, who's also named as Gloria. We're introduced to a couple of her 
alien uh, compatriots, including a very cute creature that looks almost like a bone rat, you know, a rat from bone in its normal state. But then when it gets angry and wants to fight, it hulks out into this just crazy looking, wild, ferocious looking beast. Yeah, it's awesome. It's really awesome. Um, we're introduced to a cat that has black dragon wings. Um, that's also one of the defenders of the thing. And, and the, the great thing about this book again is Ross Campbell. I mean, in and of itself, I don't think that the story is all that memorable, but I think that Campbell just goes hog wild. I mean, he draws hundreds of different looking aliens in this book and creatures, and they just are wildly different from one another. You know, there's, there's humanoid ones, there's amoebic ones, there's animal ones, there's ones that look, you know, just like giant, almost like kaiju, and he just goes nuts. I mean, on the page, there could be, you know, 50 different creatures and, and, you know, of all different shapes and sizes and colors. It's wildly violent. Um, yeah. Glory, she kind of has like that Hulk-like thing where as she gets mad, she goes into a berserker rage, but she also gets more deformed and more alien and bigger. Uh, and she just, just goes crazy, just destroying things left and right. And, uh, it's, it's, it's just a heck of a romp. And I, I won't spoil the conclusion of the arc, but I will only say that the arc, ends in a really satisfying way and that you have this entire giant battle but you're left with sort of uh, them setting up the next s- segment of the book to be uh, a lot of what we assumed going into the arc we're now pretty un- we now are led to be it's actually quite the opposite in terms of who's good who's evil who we should be rooting for or vice versa right. so I just thought it was great and again I mean the book I, I don't want dis- to belittle Joe Keating's work because I think he did a fine job but I think that what really sets this book apart and why I would highly recommend it is because of Ross Campbell. Um, much in the same way, if if you liked what you've seen in Profit, if you like the stuff you see from Stoko, um, I think, you know, that Campbell is going to be someone you're going to enjoy as well. You know, yeah. he brings that indie sensibility artistically to, um, you know, a pretty kick-ass action-packed book. So I got it now, who Ross Campbell's work uh, reminds me of, and I don't think Campbell would be especially, uh, pleased to be compared to this man, but, um, because he has had, I think he's dead. I'm pretty sure he's dead. He, he had his share of problems because of the way he draws, uh, Barry Blair, who did, um, oh, 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 Warlock oh, Five, oh, Elf yeah, Lord, yeah. yeah. He, the way he draws these, um, characters that are in a kind of sexual, uh, gray area. Between prepubescence and yeah, uh, not quite ba- androgynous. But okay, I think yeah. I Barry Barry had a, a tendency to draw his little elfin boys just a little bit too detailed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but but the, the concept is still in Ross Campbell's work where he has these beautiful characters, large eyes, very very succulent lips, and he and he he kind of subtly emphasizes areas on them that you wouldn't want to look at if they were kids, but. <laughs> They're not. They're not kids. So, I mean, it's sexy, but you kind of, like I said, in a way, it's almost like a dangerous way of, of character design where, you know, it makes you feel yeah, I mean, I sort of unsettled. I, I think, though, that, that at least, and again, I don't know what Campbell stuff looks like in general, but, I mean, this book is, is a very ugly book in the sense that, you know, he, I mean, very few things are, like, overtly attractive in this book. You know, I mean, even maybe, I mean, I guess Riley is a little bit, but she's drawn, like you said, to be very cute. I mean, if you, if they didn't establish her as being a grad student, you would think the way they drew her sometimes is she's like, 
12 years old. So I, I don't know, you know, like there's no one really overtly sexual in this book, at least. Not oh, I don't time. know about that. What about the last page? That's damn sexy. That is sexy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's true. That's true. That That is what, right. So the very last page of the six issues. That's true. Yeah. You know what you want to do right there. I mean. <laughs> fair, fair point. Yeah. Fair point. Yeah. But, but I mean, again, though, but this isn't like, at least again, in the first arc, there isn't really until that last page there are no sexual overtones i mean there's no they don't imply you know i I don't know i mean it doesn't like it's 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 not naughty in any way i mean there's not you know i i don't know i it's certainly there's nothing attractive about glory i I think she's kind of hot in a Mm. in a china way i was gonna say i don't know yeah (laughs) i don't know about that but uh but no i definitely (laughs) recommend people pick this book up it's 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 fun you know, if anybody's been reading, you know, Wonder Woman and digging it, if if oh, yeah. if you like Red Sonia, if you like Conan, um, you know, I don't see why you wouldn't enjoy this. I think calling this a strong female character is a bit ch- tongue in cheek, given the the proportions of the main character. But yeah, she's she's like, if She Hulk weren't drawn uh, in a in a very female way and was a, a a female version of the Hulk, that's what she would look like. Would be Glory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a good it. book. Cool. Yeah. One more issue to go, I think, and it's done. Yep. Oh yep. wow. Three three trades worth. That's oh, cool. a pretty good run. Yeah. Is it enough? Yeah. I you, think you'll see. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I, I'm. I'm yeah. hoping that they had enough warning about, you know, how long it was going to last to to finish it up. I'm hoping, but cool. it, it's it's one of those ideas where why didn't I think of that? Where to take those those maximum. Uh, where were the extreme extreme characters and and apply an indie sensibility to them i mean that's it's a no-brainer but why hasn't anybody done it before now i mean look well they announced this what a two two c2e2s ago it was yeah it was a while was it even c2e2 or maybe new york or something well okay no yeah i'm talking we were at the con they announced it because i remember people coming back and and i know that uh, the fanboy guys were there because then it probably was c2e2 okay yeah because because ron Ron came up to me and was like, did you just hear? And I, I said, what are you talking about? And he said, dude, they're, re- they're redoing the, the extreme stuff, but you're not going to believe who's doing it. And, you know, he oh, said no, that. no, I think that was New York. Because I remember, okay. I think they were over by the wall. I think, I, yes. you know, that was New York. I remember that. That was two New York Comic Cons ago is when they announced yes. it. Yeah. yeah. Actually, but, it was New York because that was, Rob was at that con, and that's where I got the, the picture of he and, he and I hugging. Yes. Oh, oh <laughs> nice. Now, I'm talking about the, the years between now and way back when when extreme went away like why did it take so long for for you know rob to scoop these characters up and say hey let's approach this from a different angle i mean it's it's a no-brainer right but it worked it worked really well well see that's the thing it's easy i think it's like many great ideas it seems like a no-brainer in retrospect but when uh, they announced it, a lot of people, I, th- were I like, think it has to be at at the right time. Because even when they announced it, how long was it before they when they announced it to when the issue started coming out? Yeah, it was a while because they. Can't I mean, say. they literally announced it. Before, I mean, they hadn't created it. It was. I, right. I think Joe Keating found out he got the gig when <laughs> they had the announcement at the con. Did you get a picture of hugging him too? Oh, how fun! Uh, no, no, <laughs> no. But the, he did. The last well, and only time I ever met Joe um, was in I, Chicago I, the year before. Yeah, I called him the wrong name. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. Uh, Unheard of. He, he wasn't too pleased. So. And I was. Yeah, that was that was the night where Jason was in the back room hanging out with all the. Uh, Rubbing shoulders with all the big wigs, and I was I was chilling with uh, Adam Bessignotti and a few other folks over in the front end of the bar. So yeah, it was a good time for everybody. Where was I? 
<laughs> I do not you think you were there that Chicago. That's the one that you. Oh no, that's right. You didn't. You couldn't make that one because because that stuff that was going on. Yeah. Oh yeah. well. But we'll make, make up for lost time this year. Yeah. That's right. Started with that car ride. What's David? Oh, speaking about the car ride, I have the the playlist all picked out for Jason. No, you don't. Yeah, no, dude, you are going to love it. It, It's going to seem like a two-hour car ride. Seriously, because that's how long the songs are. They're huge. Jason, it's going to be like a three-hour tour. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's going on for like eight seasons. That's great. Is it true you're not going to let us drive? No, I'll let you drive. Oh! So you said last year and you drove the whole way. I I was trying to do right by my boo, you know? Uh, yeah, you know, just shitty drivers. I couldn't drive them. Oh, I am kind of excited to see you guys. You should. Yeah, yeah. very excited. You kidding me? Oh, Not wow. just us, dude. We got it. We got we're rolling deep this year, man. We got a hell of a good posse coming. Yeah, yeah, once we show up, but then yeah, then then, then the room, then the house starts to fill out. Yeah, it'll shout be out to Mario. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Will. Good old Roland. Shout out to Chris. Yeah. Shout yeah. out to Will. Roland. Roland. Um, I've I'm already getting packages. For him, he's, <laughs> nice. he's having he's having toys delivered here. Marta, Marta's like, "What the hell is this?" I'm just like, "I have no idea." And I had forgotten that Roland asked me if uh, if he could ship some uh, uh, some toys here so he can take them back. I guess to uh, have them shipped to Australia would have would have cost him a yep. uh, an arm and a leg. But I've got some. It looks like Japanese um, import of um, dude. You never got those. No, dude. No, seriously. Wait a minute. Why, why, hold on a second. Why wouldn't he just have those shipped from Japan to Australia? I, I'm assuming that it was customs for to have them sent here. Yeah. That's baffling. I got. Uh, I did the same thing, Chris. I got him the new set of ma- magic cards at my house. I'm bringing them out. <laughs> yeah. Yep. His his luggage on the way back to Australia is going to be crazy. <laughs> but it's probably still going to be cheaper than paying you know for postage. You who's going to uh, be at, in, at C2E2 um, officially now? Our buddy Sean Pryor. Nice. nice. I will finally be Sean Pryor. Holy shit. Yes. Uh, newest member of the forum. Well, I should say uh, his 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 podcast is the newest addition to our, our forums. Yeah. Oh, Black okay. Box. So. That's beyond the bullpen, Vince. Yep. David. Yeah. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> oh, I'm going to play that back. Should we let Dap talk about it? No, let's, how about we do a live tweet and then no, let no, Dap let's, go. Let, let's do a live tweet because I don't know if Dap's got much to be positive about this week. Oh, my oh, goodness. From John, from John Boren. Uh, which comic writer slash artist mm. would you miss the most if they stopped working tomorrow? Easy. Oof. For you. Go ahead. Richard Rich Corbin. Corbin. I knew it. I knew it. You son yep. of a bitch. <laughs> Okay. Yes. Oh man. Shit. Um Matt Wagner. Yeah, see that that that's my that's my fallback. Like, seriously. It's like, well, he's, he's doing for legend, he's working for legend and, and, and yeah. uh st- we're still waiting on Mage Three, so you know, yeah, I, I'd say that I would definitely miss that if that never happened. So uh yeah, that that'd be mine. And that and that falls under both because it's writer slash artist. So there we go. Good. Yeah, that's that's a really hard question because uh, you're basically. I mean, I, I don't want it to be the who's your favorite creator, which that can you can you can have. I mean, that I could be. say Steve Rude, but I mean, when was the last? Yeah, he did yeah exactly. Art, you know, yeah. comic book. So yeah. well, he just did that one shot for before Watchmen. Okay. Right. 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 
but before that, yeah. So well, yeah, no, I mean, uh, I'd say for me, just again, uh, Alan Davis, just because. Oh yes. I mean, he's you know he's he's sort of been of of the guys that I consider among my favorites that that aren't you know that aren't basically retired or or semi retired at this point. He he's he's still churning out you know stuff, and and I will still very frequently buy stuff because he's drawn it even if it's not something I normally would be attracted to story-wise, and uh, I would definitely miss seeing his work on a regular basis. Yeah. Um, you know, just after after reading Nemo, it reminds me uh, how much Alan Moore means to me as a creator. You know, I can, I can go through times with comics where you know, just nothing is grabbing me, and, and I'm really searching for something to be excited about, and then something like like Nemo comes out and it's it just it reminds me um how important he is to comics and when he when he does decide to hang it up or or whatever yeah I don't know you know it it, he's he's an irreplaceable talent yeah and you know and and you could almost say the same thing about Morrison because Morrison is I I think one of the one of the last people that really pushes the envelope creatively I think that I think that a lot of creators have kind of um settled into a into a safe zone comics feel very safe right now for the most part but Morrison still gets wacky on stuff and I think that's a good thing you can bide your time uh, while Alan is not writing by going back and researching all his books and finding yeah. all the stuff that he missed. But yeah. I have another one for you, Christopher. Mm-hmm. Ha- Jaime Hernandez. Oh, yeah. Wow. Of yeah, of course. That That's, would hurt, yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's Mignola. You know, it's oh, the... Oh, yeah. I was going to say, see, like, it's just, again, that's the beauty of comics with personal preference. Like, oh. I have no attachment to Jaime Hernandez. Like, you know, it's but, just... But you, you do have an attachment to Darwin Cook. Definitely. Oh yeah, 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 that would hurt. And and let me let me finish that thought for you, Jason. You don't have an attachment to Jaime Hernandez yet. There we go. (laughs) Well, I mean, you could be right. I mean, all things with time. But I I have to say, as you know, I have read two volumes of of Love and Rockets at this point, and just hasn't just hasn't pulled me in. I it'll help. It's a slow release, (laughs) slow release drug. You came you came around on All Red. It's that is, and, and quietly, yeah, you're right. Quietly, yeah, that's true. Yeah, he, he, he grew yeah, up. Yeah, quietly's one. Oh boy, it's um, he's great. I used to think I couldn't live without more Allred until relatively recently. Until he started working for Marvel. Um, <laughs> no, not so much because I I enjoyed his Marvel. I I love Ecstatics, right? And uh, oh, yeah, X Force. But this new thing, I'm not feeling it. I'm I'm I know I'm I I'm convinced. Well, at least to my eyes, the old um, all red spark—it's not there. But it, it just could be me. Maybe it's the subject. Maybe it's the fact that have you it, been reading? It's, it's, the, it's the deadline style. Maybe oh, that's true. Yeah, maybe you could be right, David. I was going to say, uh, Vince, have you read It Girl in the Atomics at all? Uh, he just does the covers, right? That's Norton. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, no, but I'm saying, like, I'm just curious because. He he's you know it's drawn by Norton, but I've heard people rave about it. Oh well, yeah, I'm getting the trade on trade. I think it's trades, right? They're, that's an ongoing, isn't it? Yeah, it's an ongoing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm getting that. I, I've purged almost all my image single issues. Um, wow. I I like the book format. I do. Yep. Yeah, me too. I just, the, yeah. 
you know, the only ones I, I retain in singles are Chu, Savage Dragon, and Spawn. You so, on even Saga? Wow, okay. Oh, no, you're right. I double dip on Saga. Saga's the okay. only one I read. Yeah, yeah, Saga's the only... Well, no, it's not the only one, but Saga is one of the few that I'm reading in issues, yeah. Just because the back matter. Yeah. Just because yeah. I can't wait. And I lied again. That Elephant too. Men. I get that in single issues. I don't even know what I'm talking about. Is that even... Is, is Elephant... I mean, I'm, I'm so... I, I just started reading Elephant Men, so I'm like, yeah. is is that monthly or is that like six? Is that like Rachel Rising type schedule? Is that no, it's it's that supposed to be monthly. I don't even okay. I don't know if it sticks to that schedule. Um, but you know, you're lucky that you have forty six issues of yeah. Elephant Men in the can because it took forever to get from issue one to where we are now. It mm-hmm. it did not oh, come I, out. Yeah, I remember when yeah. it was first introduced. It was like, yeah, it, it, it seems like it was a lifetime ago. I I, I just I I started it probably late last year, and it's something that I'll I'll um I'll go back to when I'm I don't want to say tired, but when I just I don't want anything new or just bogged down with anything i'll go back to elephant man and and it's Good just choice. it's it's so pretty it, it mm-hmm. really is a beautiful goddamn book across the it board is. it it's um, stark starkings has had an excellent eye for finding artistic collaborators yeah. oh yeah you know who illustrated the last one who? uh shaky cane shaky cane shaky yeah. Kane. yeah yeah exactly <laughs> it's, it's way, filthy talk about the um the second <laughs> volume of bulletproof coffin at some point yes we got to do that uh, how yeah. about for I next week a while ago and i was expecting vince to one week, some one week, be like, dude, dude, I just yeah, well, then, no. like, be ready to talk about it, but he never talked about it. No, I love it, but I just wanted to make sure that y'all, and, and you know what, I, I almost forgot to bring it up uh, after I read it, out of sight, out of mind, you know, but I think it's one, that's one of the books we should all read. All right, let yeah. me read it. I'll read I'll, okay. I'll, I'll get on it. I'll, hey, I'll Mon- let you guys know when I read it, and we'll get to go. All right, cool. Monster has an interesting question. There's a lot of layers to this one. Should make for it's good an, discussion. It's an onion. Yeah, peel it back. It's like a blooming onion. <laughs> for some reason, comics, if for some reason comics become only black and white, whose work thrives, whose dies? Do you still read comics? How important is color? I think I can speak for all of us and say, yes, we would still read comics, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Now, we are probably in the minority. I think the, who, the broad answer to his question is that, unfortunately, if comics for some reason all went black and white, it would significantly hurt the 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 majority of comic sales I think right now as it currently stands, but we would still be happy to read plenty of comics, mm-hmm. right? Um, but I think to his, I think drilling down a bit, that who do you think artistically would stand to benefit from having the color, having their black, you know, black and white ex- ex- exacerbated, and and maybe who would suffer a little bit? I, I mean, already we named, yeah. To what me, Allred is, is so synonymous with he and Laura and those bright, bright, vibrant colors and that pop art look. I think he would suffer. Right. You know who else would suffer? Steve McNiven. Yes. 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 Yep. Yeah. Big time. Stuff is, is just is so just wispy thin. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. no way to it. I uh, think people like Gabe Hardman, Chris Somney, people that, that are so strong in using blacks. Mignola, you know, right. Darwin Cook, yep. I mean yep. Hernandez. I mean, we were talking about a lot of Rude. Steve Rude would be great in black. Oh yeah. hell yeah, yeah. hell yeah. yeah. You know and, who and would weather that storm pretty well? Hmm? Andy Kuhn. <laughs> oh, <laughs> look at you! Boy. You're adorable. I freaking love. I've, I I have to admit, 
um, I'm embarrassed to admit this, that I followed Andy Kuhn early on and then I kind of lost, like he used to draw Digimon and I loved that book and I kind of lost track of him when he went to more superhero oriented things. The dude's a monster. He's so damn good. I recently read some of his, 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 his work that he's done in the past couple months. The guy's fantastic. And plays some damn good power pop too. That, really? Yeah, he's in a band called the Fuglies. They're awesome. Oh, okay. Yeah. Great power pop. I actually saw him perform once. Yes, you did. I'm jealous again. Yep. Oh yeah, Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. He was dude, he was when we went to Harold's Chicken Shack. That, that and was back at Harold's back Chicken at that Shack. bar. Yep. Oh, right. Back at that bar he was he was in that he was playing that night at, at that bar, Vince. Oh. Cool. Then I I was there. Yes, you, you were there. Were. Wow. Look at you! See, so cool. Um, who, I mean, who else? Who would? Well, I mean, to, like, who would? Who would suffer? I guess because it would be someone that relies very much on having their work colored. Um. Oh wow! What I mean, really, Allred's the first one that came to my mind. I, I'm trying to yeah. think of uh, who else relies on color. Um, hmm. Maybe someone like Buckingham. Uh, I don't Which think so. Which is not so. to say that he doesn't have great line work. I'm just saying, to me, that, I mean, his work is just, again, colors, I think, are a really important part of fables. I, I think it's, it paints this, this world. I think it's, I don't know, to me, that's an important component to that book. Um, I would like fables less if it were black and white. I could see that. Um, I'm trying to think because of, of his current Avengers work and then remembering how his work was in, uh, Fear Agent and Uncanny X Force. What about Opeña? Oh, it's funny you mention Opeña because, um, because of this whole uh, Marvel Seven Hundred thing. Yeah, um, I did manage to get a few issues before they shut it down. Right, and one of the issues was Opeña's the first issue of Opeña's Avengers, and it really looked nothing like the Opeña we've seen. That is, I agree with you. I absolutely. And I agree think with you it's there. because it's digitally painted, oh. and so it's got this painted sort of finished look to it that his works never had before. And it's not, I didn't dislike it. Like I, I was very taken aback the first few pages and then I really was looking at it and it, it, it's, it's beautiful in its own right, but it's very different. And, um, but I, to your point, I think that, yeah, that could be a good one. You know, I'm trying to think of people who's, cause I'm always scouring the, uh, original art sites. Who's like, Oh, way I see it. I'm often thinking like, uh, Oh dude, dude, I got one. I got one. And he, I'm not even that big a fan of his, but I think Temple Smith. Dude, take a look at Temple Smith. Oh, yeah. Oh, that is right. Oh, yeah. 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 Good job. I got got another one. Uh, LaRocca would suffer without color. Yeah. Yes. No, he would. Yes, Yes, he would. Absolutely. No, I said that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, so who are some of the guys that that uh, obviously Richard Corbin wouldn't be affected either way? Yes, it would be a, a great loss. No, not to have that beautiful Corbin color palette, but the man kicks ass in black and white too. Um, uh, let's see who else. Oh, one person that would definitely benefit from the lack of color, especially on his recent projects, Neil Adams. Get that color out of here <laughs> because. There, I mean, Batman Odyssey. I love the book to death, but if it was in black and white, it would be even better. Yeah, the over rendering of the colors. Mm, oh yeah, that yep. get that digital stuff not that, out. Not that this work needs to be praised any more than it already is, but if you think about it, it is pretty impressive 
for many reasons, but this is another one that uh, Walking Dead as a comic is so successful, right? Because it's a black and white comic, right? I mean, yeah. in, in a world where like it, it breaks defies all the rules. everything, it, 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 defies it defies everything. everything. Exactly. Is it is it one of the only black and white image books? Isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you could argue it's one of the only black and white books in the period. Time, yeah, time at three hundred, right? I mean, right. A spawn might as well be black and white these days. Well, it's so freaking dark. But I'm saying that's it's not intentionally black and white. No, it's not. Yeah. No. So, I don't know. I think we got that one pretty well covered, yeah. though. Yeah, yeah, we nailed it. Now it's time we for David. Tell us, David. Regale oh, us, player. Really, dude, really? You oh, you got nothing? No, I just, I mean, I... I Did you I, get I, any of those uh, Marvel ones? I I tried to, because I, I found out about a Sunday afternoon, and I went, and I, I threw a few in my cart, went to check out. That's when I started getting the uh, the reload page error. Tried again uh, Sunday night after watching Walking Dead before I went to sleep. Uh, same thing. Try it Monday that? morning. I, I do, dude. I do. I know. Well, be, you know why? You know why? Because the minion, watches. the former minion, watches it, and and so it's something we can talk about. And my brother watches it, so it's you know it's one of those things where it's it's something we actually have. One of the few things my brother and I have in common these days, since he just went to an Android phone. But the uh, the the um we have. Uh, Monday morning, I went. I went to work, and I tried to to get some issues. And even then, the, the, the page was loading so slow. And I thought that could have been my work network. And surprisingly, it wasn't. So I was just like, and I was talking to uh, our pal Pat Loika about some things. And 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 even I was texting Derek Howard, and and we were all trying to. We were trying to figure out who's, whose fault it was or who mm-hmm. dropped the ball here, and, and it's not I'm, – I'm not going to play armchair IT guy. I'm just going to – Why not? It, it, uh, because um, uh, I, I'll – I did enough of it on Twitter this week. <laughs> I, yeah, see, I've, I've had a few drinks, and, and, and I'll end up being brutally honest, and I don't You'll know – You'll be that I'm, guy. Want, I'll, I'll be that guy, and I don't know if I want to alienate people. So uh, right. I'll uh, – I'm not sure if it, it, I don't know if, I, I look at things as I kind of, it was brought to my attention that it should be, the fault should be on, on both parties, Comixology and Marvel. And I don't know if I really lay all or, or as much blame as other people do towards Marvel because it was Comixology servers. It was, it was their hardware. It was their network. And I don't know. Yeah, I'm with you, dude. I don't. Oh, so I don't know why. Why Marvel should really be at fault for this? I mean, I'm sure Marvel may have said, "Hey, we're going to do this. Are you on board?" And we'd really like you to be on board since you offer so much our books digitally. But still, it's it's not Marvel's network. So I, in any case, um, I tried getting some. I didn't. I, I have the. I'm, I'm on the lookout for when they they uh, they bring the promotion back. I'll try to get a few things then because there really were. Some nice number ones there. I mean, there were some. Yeah, all uh, the Marvel. By the way, all the Marvel Now number ones, which Marvel is pretty Marvel cool. Now stuff, but I mean, yeah. you have things like the Alan Davis annuals from Wolverine, mm-hmm. Daredevil. So I mean, you know, anything with really a number one on it, it was on here. So even Bunch if it's one shots, uh, right? Exactly. You know, if it had a number one, it was pretty much on this list. So it may not have been the first issue of an ongoing like Hawkeye or New Avengers. It may have just been, you know, that. 
that first issue or that one shot of something. So there mm-hmm. were a lot. I mean, there's 700 things. You could, there's, there's podcast fodder right there. You could have a new podcast based on yep. Comixology's 700 Marvel number ones. And every, every episode you review that first issue or that number one issue. Boom. There you go. You got, you got material right there. So <laughs> I, I did not get anything from that because I also have, I still have so much crap to read. I don't know if I wanted even 100 new issues that I haven't read before. Yeah. To- to the library, so I'll 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 look into it when it comes back. But after uh, after hearing from some of the support staff and and some of uh, some of the people who who demanded and and were so offended that they weren't able to get any of these free issues that that they tried to check out with it, it really was I it was so. You hear free and people run to it. And, and I don't know if it was because it was free or people are greedy and we're in that sense of entitlement age or if it's because it's Marvel books and these are characters people know. I mean, my, my father sent me, my father sent me an email with an attachment. The attachment was a, uh, a screenshot of his local newspaper down in North Carolina where the headline was, you know, 700 first issues for free and mm-hmm. i mean you know, so newspapers and everybody else they ran with this story and my father's like i'm sure you probably talked about this on the podcast and i said well because it happened on a sunday we didn't talk about it on, on 11 o'clock and by the time the promotion ends it'll be after the fact that we won't talk about it we won't talk about it as far as new stuff this week but i, I did mention on marvel noise and and told anybody who was able to get on it to get on it but the uh you know this was talked about in more than a few normal the 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 locations you would expect to see it and it was picked up elsewhere so um hopefully it brought people to to the idea of digital comics and to comiXology but i i i've heard from people who have to deal with customers who were just i reading some of these emails that you know people send in because they weren't able to get their free comics it's like mm-hmm. it really does it it kind of makes me you know it, it, it's smh it really does just you know, make me worry you are shocked that comic book fans complained about something I, no but see these aren't these these are not the normal week in week out comic book fans you and i would include oh. you're, you're shocked that that people <laughs> I'm shocked people am I shocked that that people who who expected free stuff mm-hmm. to complain no I'm absolutely not shocked about that but only it, in it, America it, 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 well yeah but it uh so to answer Jason's question no I, I did not get any of the 700 issues yet um but a lot yeah. of first issues that, that they, asked, they asked for your email um and I guess we'll get in contact with you once things are yeah once once everything is is straightened out and and they're able to um continue the promotion i mean you know could could things have gone a little easier like like maybe if maybe if it was marvel's idea to only go three days or two and a half days maybe then i could fault marvel to a degree but um you know and and to do i mean 700 is a lot Fucking it is, dude. Books, man. I mean, it's 
it's insane. So for you, for 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 a publisher to say we're giving you seven hundred comics and you have like you know seventy two hours to give them all away, that's I, you know. So I mean, we don't know the backstory, so I'm not sure. You know, again, that that's where I kind of am not sure where I can lay blame. But now, now, did this server outage prevent paying customers from accessing their just, books? Yes, it did. Oh, yes, okay. I, I um That's I tried good. to I went to um I realized that I had in my library Superior Spider-Man issues two and four. I did not have number three. So when I went to go back, when I went to um to to the purchase area in the in the iPad app to get to download so I could read Superior Spider-Man number three, it it just it crashed. It just it wouldn't load that area so yeah so i mean and even on the website there were people who I, I remember on facebook online they were saying you know it would be great if it was just the people who were complaining about the free stuff if that's all they were able to complain about but because i actually paid for my books and i wanted to access my books and i could even get to the site that's where we have a problem oh now wait wait um comiXology doesn't cache the stuff locally on your on your machine or your your device? On my device, yes. It, okay. Once I, once I download, if I if I go if I open up the Comicsology app and I say I want to download Uncanny X Men two and three and Thor God of Thunder four and five, I can tap download and it will store it on my device so I can okay. read it fine. All right, good. All right. But if I but if I if I missed an issue and I want to go back, through gotcha. The, that's where the mistake. That's mm-hmm. where the accidents happen. So, and the same thing online. If I wanted to read through my browser, that wasn't going to happen over these past couple of days. So, um, I'm not sure. You know, maybe this is maybe it's for the best, and and they'll upgrade their, their software and hardware, and and yeah, and it won't. You know, I mean, if 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 DC were to offer. You know, 700 first issues, or if Dynamite were to say, "Hey, here's you know our one issue and our 700 variant covers," and you can, you know, that would be awesome, and then things would be smooth based on the problems that they experienced this these past few days. So, so, so they've learned from their mistakes. But um, I, I did not get any of of these issues, but I do have a lot of of the recent Marvel Now books anyway. So I wasn't I. I figured, you know what, if if it's going to get somebody else to try something out, I, I remember um, our forum thread about it. it they uh, Someone tried Hawkeye number... I think it was Slurmo, actually. I think Bob Gar tried... He, he went and he grabbed Hawkeye number one. And now he's going to look into the trade when it's released. So that that's great. I love hearing that, you know, there was a promotion. He grabbed the first issue. He liked it. He's going to read it, and 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 that's great. That that's what it's designed for. So if if I couldn't get something because he was able to try something new, I'm all for that. I, oh, I'm such a sweetheart. Oh, I just you know I'm because I'm I'm so tired of greed. I just I don't if if I don't need more because I already have plenty. I don't you know let someone else try it. That's mm. fine with me. I'm I'm I have no problem with that. So, um. I mean, right before we started recording tonight, I, I started reading um, Guardians of the Galaxy because I had to have something to, to watch Age of Ultron 
out of my head. So, uh, anyway, the, uh, wow. wait, 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 back up a little bit. No, no, let's, Guardians it, of the Galaxy, Steve I, I want to talk about Age John of Ultron. Bell. That's Hitch, isn't it? Age of Ultron is, is Brian Hitch. How's it look? And it, dude, <laughs> <laughs> talking about, dude. I said this on Marvel Noise. If if it wasn't for Peter Park, if it wasn't for Spider Man tied to a chair wearing his usual Spider Man outfit, I would have sworn this took place in the Ultimate Universe. Oh snap! It it I mean damn. It, I mean it starts off with you're you're viewing things through Hawkeye's point of view, and because of of um current Marvel 616 continuity Hawkeye looking like the ultimate version did when, when it first started during those first two volumes. I didn't know where we were going really. And, and, and I'm all for what ifs and else worlds. And I love that, but, um, I'm not, you know, I, I, I'm not sure where this, this to me is like daredevil end of days where it's, it's, it's like a, the end story where, um, you know, it's just enjoy the story for what it is. It's not tied into anything new because I can go and I can read any of Hickman's new Avengers stuff. And I, well, I don't mean new Avengers, but any of his current Avengers universe books. And as far as I can tell, it has nothing to do with Age of Ultron. This Age of Ultron is written by Bendis, um, pencils by Hitch, inks by Neary. And if it wasn't for, like I said, if it wasn't for Spider-Man giving it away with his outfit, with his uniform, I, I wouldn't know where this is supposed to take place. So, wow, uh, so there was that, and and it and and it, it's it's Hitch, so it, it looks like Hitch. It's not. Um, I like Hitch better when he was in Alan Davis's pants. I'm gonna say, dude, it's mm-hmm. not not authority style Alan Davis Hitch. It's it's Ultimate's Hitch, and it's yeah. uh, it's. I you know I I gave I gave Daredevil End of Days a few issues and and I'm interested to see where that's going. I I don't want to just say you know what I'm I'm out after the first issue. I'm the last page kind of was like um I'm I'm not real sure I'm, I'm, how I'm supposed to feel about the last page because it, this is it takes place in present day but it's um you know Owl doesn't kind of look like Owl. Hammerhead doesn't look like Hammerhead. There, there are just some strange things where I guess Ultron fucked with the time stream or something. I don't know where we're going, so I'll give it another issue or two to see if things make sense. But as far as first issues go, I I'll now go read something else just to speak your mind. See if you know something else makes sense. I just I was I I after I finished this. I went and read Uncanny X-Men number two, which again was written by Bendis, which I enjoyed. And now I'm reading Guardians of the Galaxy and it's still Bendis and I'm not enjoying it as much. And I, I feel right now, Uncanny X-Men, I'm enjoying the hell out of. And, and, and maybe that's partly because of, of um, Chris Pajalo doing the artwork. And then I read Guardians of the Galaxy and I'm, I'm getting some of that cutesy bendis and and i'm not as as keen on that i haven't finished you yet so i'll i'll wait until i cover to cover as a whole i'll judge the issue but but the first few pages in i'm like this is this is that new avengers um during the whole hood storyline where i i kind of wasn't 
real keen on Bendis, but yeah, we'll um, we'll see where where Guardians of the Galaxy goes. It it kind of and especially from that from the first three pages of Guardians of the Galaxy, it feels like a movie tie-in. I mean, from from the cre- the way the credits look oh, and, hey. and it's like it's like hey, Thanos was in the last minute of the Avengers movie, and and you know we're coming out with the Guardians of the Galaxy movie, so we want to make sure that we, we hit you over the head with the feeling we're, we're, we're trying to give you with this. Well, that Thanos book was the most reordered book for Diamond, I think, um, either last month or whenever it came out. Mm. So, so it's clicking. Hmm. Thanos is a... I like Thanos, the, the, the character. I... I I really enjoyed, you know, Infinity Gauntlet. Um, I don't want to say Thanos is a one-note character. I don't know if, you know, I'm not sure really. Well, I guess maybe I'd probably give the nod to Darkseid. I don't know, you know, if if I put, you know, would I rather read a Thanos story or a Darkseid story? I probably would rather read a Darkseid story, but I don't, I don't groan or roll my eyes when I see Thanos as the big bad. But no, um, Thanos I, is a great character in Jim Starlin's hands. I, I would agree with that, and yeah. and I'm and seeing him after the credits in the Avengers movie. I was like, "Holy crap, that's awesome!" Because yeah, of all the characters in the Marvel universe, who the hell thinks of Thanos? So I think they have some pretty cool possibilities as well, far as that goes. But that's because he was basically neutered in in the uh, the. Um, uh, what was the the, the uh, Keith Giffen space stories, the uh, Annihilation? Annihilation Quest. Yeah, yeah and then then Conquest, and the, he, Conquest. they they basically cut the balls off him a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. yeah, I mean there were so. I'm I'm interested in 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 uh, in good Thanos stories, but like you said, I mean that that usually involves Jim Starlin, so we'll see. Yeah. Hey, David. Yes, Vince. Did you click on the link Slurmo sent? On the 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 top of the EOC live tweet column. Pretty cool. That's friggin' awesome. Pretty, pretty uh, cool. For, for those who Ryan for Ryan? those yeah for those who can't see, uh, Mr. Johnny Ryan did a pretty awesome oh! yeah did a pretty awesome tribute to the late Paul Bearer. The William Moody, yes. And and there's no giant dicks in the background there, there's no like nobody's yeah, getting you're right it is one of it, the cleanest Johnny. Ryan it's 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 a very tasteful johnny ryan tribute to paul bear it's awesome that is awesome nice it's so fitting too yeah it looks just like him that is great oh what so what else we have? all of a sudden i know right uh, that's what just, I was saying about CM Punk touching touching the ashes. You shouldn't even be near that damn thing. <laughs> I I had to send I I had to send Vince the picture of of Punk mocking Undertaker with the with with that with his pose and 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 stealing the. the He's gonna rip his head. You off. know, it's funny. I, I I just I guess I just am so disconnected from that because you know Undertaker was definitely in his prime when I back in the day when I was watching wrestling and I just never liked him. I I. I just have never liked the giant guys. I, I always feel like it's ridiculous. Like they, they don't. They're, it's they're, not, they're, the giant guys, not so much. It's, it's the supernatural stuff. It's like, how are you going to have two dudes beating the crap out of each other, and then you have some dude who rises from the dead to rise? He's in his it's mortal like, form. It's, 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 you see that? Come but on. I kind of have to be like, I'm, I'm, 
I don't know. I just it's it's that's and it's funny. See, you, you get on my ass for not picking up on the CM Punk shtick. That's the Undertaker shtick. Of course, he's not supernatural. He's just a dude. But right. the, the you know the whole lightning in the graveyard is it? It's just the the mystique. I don't but know. I, I, I got to tell Jason though, as because I know Jason is is not feeling. Jason will be absolutely livid if Undertaker wins at WrestleMania. Well, what well, did I tell I, you? I've, did I've you come to the re- look? I've come to the resolution. Look, let's be honest. If there was any tiny chance that the showrunners were thinking of putting Punk over and breaking the streak, that all went out the door when Paul Bearer died. I mean, exactly that, what that, I told David. That, yeah. I mean, as soon as that happened, I mean, I think you were right, David. I think bef- before Paul Bearer passing away, I think they were planning on having Punk lose probably in a really good match, right. clean, or even with some interference so that his loss doesn't really like tarnish his rep. But now that Paul Bearer's dead, and now they've played with the whole angle of him disrespecting the memorial and stuff, of course Punk's going to lose. Everyone, every fan on the earth that wants to see Undertaker put Punk in his place at WrestleMania. And like it, that's, and, 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 but that's, and, and you just said it, it's, it's at WrestleMania. If it was like, if it was Survivor Series or just some run-of-the-mill pay-per-view, then yeah, Punk would go over, I would think. But because it's WrestleMania, because people shell out a lot of money to go and watch WrestleMania, they they expect certain things. And you may not know if Triple H is going to beat Brock Lesnar. I think Triple H will. Or you may not know if if you may be on the fence about Cena. Rio. Although Cena's going to win. Yeah, I think Del Rio's going to win. Although yeah. if, he, if, if Del Rio's the first match of the show... Swagger may win because that that's early enough where the fans can not be so upset by the time the show ends. But um, but it's WrestleMania. You got this all planned and out, and it is Undertaker. But if if um, if if um, I was going some <laughs> because Jason said something. It was um, but if you had, damn it! See, wow, well, I wow, am. I, I know drunk. I am. I, I am. I was but, saying that, but, that uh, Punk is going to lose, but you know it'll be. It won't hurt his reputation. No, it definitely won't hurt his reputation. What'll happen is, um, if if um, that's what I was going to say, I was watching Raw last night, and the show opened with Undertaker. And did you did, did you watch Raw this week? I did. Yeah. Yep. Did you hear? the crowd react as soon as they heard the first gong from Undertaker's mm-hmm. theme. Sure. There is, there is absolutely no way anybody who's going to yeah, buy right. WrestleMania. I mean, he still has, yeah, you, you and I may think, you know, dude is washed up. Dude can have, you know, he may have three good moves in a row and then he's got a rest. Right. But, but it's, it's, it's like, it's like, do you really think Boyd Crowder is going to get the best of, of Raylan and, and right, right. Alex fair. So it's, it is, yeah. I mean, it's, it's sad that, I mean, I know on one hand, we kind of get into it as far as the comics industry, and we know, we have a feeling where things may lead just based on, on history and, and the way the publishers think. But it's, it, it, it bums me out sometimes where I kind of can't sit down and watch and enjoy just a show for what it is mm-hmm. a Monday night or on, on a Sunday pay-per-view without thinking, well, what's really good for business? And, and, you know, and it's, and, and I mean, like, I would love to see Dolph win more than he does, but it makes sense for him to lose to like, you know, to say Jericho or Kane or somebody because of what they have planned down yep. the line. WrestleMania I, is the equivalent of the comic book event. 
they they build up to it. Oh, absolutely. And, yeah, they yeah. start they start at the end of December and Royal Rumble is where it really kicks off and then for those first few months it's all about it's all about WrestleMania. Then they kind of touch on SummerSlam and then into Survivor Series and then they just the cycle yeah. begins again. So yeah. All right. Let's pull Chris back into this. Yeah. Christopher. <laughs> what? What are you thinking, buddy? What? We're going to talk about baseball now, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we, we should we really stop are. talking we, about the. We actually oh. are because the eleven O sluggers is back, people. Oh, nice. We're going to have at least three, if not four, leagues this year. Oh. And uh, there is a forum thread called the eleven O sluggers. So if people uh, are interested in participating, either go to the thread or DM me. I'm sorry if you're not on the forum. It's probably going to be hard for you to get an invite to this league because we do want people to be very active. But if you are on the forum or you feel like jumping into the forum, uh, put in your request. I'll do my best to make sure everybody gets a spot in at least one of the leagues. Um, three of your four co-hosts will participate in at least one of the leagues. Aww. So um, Vince can go F himself. And I, I think, uh, I, I, think I, I think I've got uh, I think I've just about got Ryan Brown convinced to join nice nice, nice. Well, good not, to see. I, dude jason on the ride to chicago mm-hmm. kick me in the ass and make sure i do not sleep on those few days while we're in chicago because that's what fucked me up last year i'm not saying that 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 completely screwed me over but those few days we were in chicago and i wasn't able to update my, my roster and move things around that's where because i was i was in first place or very close to first place before sure. chicago after Chicago, I kind of blame it on me. No, why? I don't want to do that. Yeah, it's why not? Way out. Everybody else does. That's but true. yes, we are gonna uh, we're gonna do it up again uh, this year, and uh, so and and there are prizes. Uh, I did everybody that that finished yeah. uh, first, second, or third got prizes last year. So I'm gonna kick in because I was I was cleaning up uh, the comic room the other day, and I'm an idiot who has um, accidentally bought duplicates of some trades over the last year or two, so um, yeah, so I've got some I've got some trades I'll kick That's in. That's an awesome idea. I will do that, too. Cool. Yep. Yeah, I'll dump something in there. Oh, word up. Awesome. I do that a lot with CDs. Cool. I buy duplicates. I don't... I, do you really? Yeah, because I don't save the jewel case. I remember the last time I bought CDs. I was going to say, the last time I bought a physical CD had to be five years ago. I think, wow. Yeah, I think the Wiz was still in business. I have started buying CDs again, but only because of Amazon's auto-rip service. Oh, yeah, right. that's oh, cool. that is cool. a cool idea, yes. It yeah, is a really nice. cool idea, yeah. Yeah. All right, let's talk about something else. Did you, did, did, did you see that uh, Amazon's actually thinking about a Kindle smartphone? Yeah. Well, yeah, oh, sure. yeah, they, they, yeah. They should be. Yeah. That that, that 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 that's amazing. I don't think Renee's ready to give up her iPhone, but yeah, that that that's pretty swift. Yeah, hmm. Apple's Samsung. The Gal- new Galaxy comes out tomorrow. The uh, mm-hmm. Apple's. They need to. They need to change their momentum. I, I thought. I thought they were bad nine months for them. Yep. Com- comic yep. books. Oh, comic books. Yeah, that's well, right. Yes. I mean, what do you? What yes. You told me that this morning on on Twitter you read a boatload of stuff. Why don't you? I I did. I I have been reading a boatload of stuff, but uh, it it got me thinking. There's, uh, it's pretty obvious. The uh, Valiant Comics has a really deep fan base. Um, not only for the current stuff, but obviously the original stuff. I mean, Mm -hmm. people love the Valiant and it's fondly remembered and they, they wax poetic on how great it was. And I enjoyed Valiant back in the day. Um, 
but my let's call it what it is my fringe comic company of choice around that time was not valiant David okay. no, David probably knows exactly what I'm talking about. I, I, well, I started reading all of the continuity books. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Because from what I hear and have read on Bleeding Cool, uh, Neil Adams is planning on bringing back hmm. continuity comics. Stop. stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. You kick me in the balls when you do stuff like that. Oh, uh, stop. <laughs> <laughs> I... I will argue about the merit of continuity with anyone. Um, not so much on the story side of things, but visually, I think they were some of the most beautiful books. They not look on- like Neil. N- no, they don't oh, all yeah, look no, no, like you're Neil. You're right, you're right. Sam Marie did not. No, because it was... Um, Mark Beecham. Mark Beecham, yeah. And a lot of crotch shots in that book. A, lo- a like, lot. Like, ca- that, they should have called it's it Camel just, Toe instead they of Samurai. They really should have. It's like, look, here, here's a chick's ass with a sword. But no, I, I started reading uh, Continuity, and I have most of their books bound. Um, oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know the one I got it's autographed by, by Rudy Nebris? Then I, I told you about yeah, that, right? Yeah, yeah, we talked yeah. about the show, yeah. yeah. I started reading Zero Patrol. You probably have never read that, right? But it, it was a it was a comic series that Neil Adams saw. He used to like to go to Spanish Harlem just to look around and he stumbled upon a newsstand and he found uh copies of what was called Legionarios del Espacio, which means something like Legionnaires of Space and it was drawn by Esteban Maroto mm. and and Neil loved it so much that he, when he started Continuity Comics he said you know what I'm going to publish that and he embellished it you know Neil he can't leave things alone so he went in and redrew some of the faces to conform to the Neil Adams style but it's basically Esteban's stuff and he had it colored and it's just fantastic I mean the the colors are as beautiful as anything you'll see today. And back then, they did not have the benefit of, you know, to a large extent, Photoshop. All that, all this coloring was hand done, you know, on honest to God paper. And uh, it's just, it's gorgeous. And then from there, I went to Armor mm-hmm. and, and Silver Streak. And let me see what issue it is, just to, just to be sure. Da, da, da. I'm finding it. I was a fan of Miss Mystic. Oh hell yeah! Remember that costume was all zipatone. Yes, because she's naked. <laughs> yeah. Here it is. Armor and Silver Streak number do, 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 four. It's the original Armor run, not the the second half. Guaranteed, one of the most beautiful comics I have ever seen. Uh, drawn by Neil Adams, inks by Rudy Nebras. And the creatures in this book are unbelievably gorgeous. Mm. Grotesque, but unbelievable. And Rudy Nebras does not get enough props as an inker. I mean, he's been doing it forever. And is one of those guys where, you know, yeah, the, those who know glom onto the man's skill. But, you know, if he's not a huge name in comics, unfortunately. And if you're at a convention, say C2E2, Go in the quarter, go in the quarter bins because you will definitely find a ton of continuity books and look for armor and silver streak number four. It is 
it, it'll peel back your eyelids. It's so beautiful. Yeah, it will. Yeah, no, honest to God. No, they were beautiful. I mean, let's be honest, dude. Very few of them, I mean, lasted very long, and a lot of them went took years to come out. Yeah, it, I agree. But for my money, as it, just in terms of the way they look, like Neil Adams, he's a decent writer. Not great. I mean, his strength is Not in great, his, yeah. his his strength is is in his visuals, right? So you kind of give him a pass a lot on the stories, just because the art's so goddamn beautiful. But I don't think the stories were as bad as people make them out. You know, they, yeah, I mean, they Miss, were Miss Mystic. I'm just looked it up because I thought nine issues in seven years, dude. Oh yeah, yeah. We want to take time and get it yeah. get it right. Yeah, they, got, they got percolating. <laughs> the uh, I remember I I bought off the the newsstand at, at at the corner shop. I bought Revengers. I bought uh, I bought Megalith. I Megalith bought, is great. Yeah, I bought Armor. Um, I think I read. I don't know if if. I re- the thing I remember about Crazy Man is is that ad where he rips the page down. And, yeah, and Crazy Man. I have that in this book right here. The the uh, I love the issue with the the die cut cover in the in the shape of his face, his profile. That, that one oh, I didn't see. Okay. That's awesome. I have uh, I had a couple issues of uh, of Sam Marie. I have actually I think I have an issue or two that um, Lance Kaiser gave to me to give to you, Vince, which. They're probably issues you already have, but still. What? Uh, what? What? What is it? I I have. Oh shit! They're in the corner. I'll have to tell you what numbers they are. I, I don't know off the top of my head. Um, they're they're I think issues I've already had. So I mean, I I remember the covers. She's she's kneeled down. It's like from the top down. You see her back mostly, and her ass, which is probably any cover. It just pick one. <laughs> uh, but it's um. It's, it's, I, I do remember, you know, I, I saw the big C and I mean, I remember when the Revengers got together. I remember Megalith's freaking origin. I do, you know, it's, it's funny as, as, as few issues as there were and, and as, you know, considering that their bread and butter are, are, are commercials in the damn Nazanex commercial, you know, it's, <laughs> it's funny how, how I remember the comic books that Neil Adams and and his son and 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 other people who worked for him put out, you know, I I may not know who worked at Continuity aside from Neil and his son, but Sal Valudo. I remember the issues. Sal, okay, who who oh, then absolutely who then went on to do Black Panther with Bob mm-hmm. Alman. So you know, yeah, there were, but they all, you know, see, Continuity is one of the last studios that I remember where there was. There was a house style, and that was to draw like Neil. You know, aside from which Sam- is not a bad thing. Come on. Well, <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think the issue, maybe, the, where I think David's going, and I'm agreeing with him, is that I think anytime you have a style wars to ape someone else, that's that's rough because you're not going to be as good as the original. It's it's, you know, I, I think well, you can. They didn't all draw and, like and, Neil. And how how do I tell the difference? How if they all look the same, and I'm going visually, how do I know what happened in Armor compared to what happened in Revengers or what? Right. I mean, it's, in, it's, in it's the chap lap is no Jim Lee. <laughs> I mean, it's like chap lap tried to draw like Jim Lee. <laughs> what is chap lap? What is that? Yeah. yeah. Oh, goodness. Uh, and Mark Pacello doing Liefeld. Oh. Michael Golden did a lot of work for continuity. 
Did it? Well, you know, we all we, we all hit our low points, but it's 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 there. Oh, dude, he's not your boo, dude. See, he has one. <laughs> he's crapping all continuity, son. After I mentioned the issues I had, okay. But, um, but, and the issues are ultra dense too. The stories. I mean, there is no of that. None of that decompressed BS. You you get a lot of story in a continuity that is, that, book. That is, yeah, no, I'd, I'd agree with that. From what I remember, I'd agree with that. Yeah, Kevin it's, Nolan it's did work for them. Dude, Megalith sure. kind of had like a perm, dude. Dude, well, dude, yeah. I mean, look at the time it was. He had, I, I just, he, it was white pants, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was How about when movie. Megalith became a werewolf in that Rise yeah. of Magic story? That's awesome stuff. Yeah, I, I think I, uh, I was. Yeah, you were I, gone by then. Yeah, probably. I think I checked that. Yeah. Oh well, it's let's like, do a Valiant. Yeah. Now, one of my favorite. Comic companies ever. I, I I adore every book that that uh, Neil put out. You know, go say what you will, good or bad. Visually, ah, oh, they're all stunning, all of them. And I love Death Watch two thousand. Joe Tomio right now is trying to high five you. Somewhere. The the, the, ma- <laughs> the, <laughs> the the massive story that didn't really end. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Do, you know what? You know what I remember from continuity? The first ever Tyvek cover. Tyvek is awesome. You still can't rip that. You can, you can cut it, but you can't rip it. I, I had a U.S. Olympics jacket from Kellogg's. Made, made of Tyvek. Tyvek. Yep. <laughs> yep. It was, it was for the U.S. Olympics basketball team, the dream team. And, yeah, I, nice. I, sent, I sent in the box tops for that. I don't think I realized it was um, – or it didn't say – that it was like a child size jacket, but yeah, I, I remember receiving it. I think it fit in like a standard A4 envelope. It was insane. I opened it up. My father's laughing his ass off because of, of the size of this thing. But it, um, dad and, and, and this house that we always pass by on our way home still has no siding up, but it has the Tyvek under coating and, and it's right there. So yes, yeah, so, I mean, I, I, I see Tyvek almost every day. <laughs> what about Toy Boy? Did you read that? I did not. I remember the ad. I did not read that. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, uh, I don't think I remember reading that. I Jason Kreider, the Toy she-bat. Boy. I, I, I never read that. Oh, dude, Valeria the She-Bat's I awesome. Never, I never read that. I didn't read the Spawn crossover. Um, that never happened. That's that why never, you didn't read it. Well, no. no, I'm just saying, yeah, I mean, aside from the ads, I never... Yeah, there were... Um, Talk about titillation. Neil Adams and uh, Todd McFarlane, whoa, and they never did it. I think it's it's weird. I think even though you talk about titillation, how about Sam Marie? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, well, never mind titillation. The, the camel toe, the uh, awesome dude. I think I, I as as short of a um, a a lifespan techno comics had i think they put out more comics in the amount of time that uh that continuity put out in all the years it's been in existence techno's great too that leonard nimoy brian talbot Gaiman, yep Gene Gaiman, the, the wheel of worlds that stuff's great uh technophage the, the, i love those books too um rick you know rick veach had something to do with those mm. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, always gets a response. Always gets a response. It, it does. Gene Roddenberry is Earth Final Conflict. 
Well, how about Mr. Hero? That was a great series. The Pneumatic Man? It was, like a, it was steampunk before steampunk was cool. Was steampunk cool? Um, <laughs> people love it. I, I don't see the, the, uh, the fascination with it, Definitely personally. But, yeah, no, he's just, let's just shit on everything tonight. <laughs> oh, shit. But I ha- I have a I have two issues of Mr. Hero autographed by Neil Gaiman. Really? Yep. They did this promotion where they blind bagged some of their books, and you had a chance of getting an autographed copy, and I got two of them. Wow. Yeah. See, Sounds rigged. Nah. See, because I heard of that, Neil. That that that's cool. Cause see, I, I heard Neil. And I thought you were going to say Adams, and I figured he was going to charge you for the autograph, but you said Gaiman, so everything was... <laughs> Why don't you stab me in the face? <laughs> just, just, just come over and just stab me right in the face. Perfect. It's like he walked up to you with a box cutter and just cut your throat. Really? He is a terrorist. He's terrorizing me. Seriously. You love Damn. him. Like you're stuck on a carnival cruise line. I, I, I just want to... Every time I see Neil Adams at a show, I just want to go up to him and give him a big hug. And just say thank you so much for everything you've done for comics. You like I did to Rob? Yeah, yeah. You you cannot overestimate um, Neil Adams's contribution to comics. It's impossible. I think that's true. Yeah, that's a fair statement, dude. Yeah. Been, yeah, I mean, what hasn't he? Whether the, whether I think of that Action Comics cover where he didn't draw the insides, but it's 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 Superman busting through the chain, or you think of yes. Or you think of Kree Scroll War, or or the um, or Ant Man going into Vision's body from the Avengers, mm-hmm. um, Ray Shal Ghul, Green Lantern, Green Arrow with Speedy, at, <laughs> shirtless Batman, shirtless Batman. You know, I mean, or continuity. I mean, no, seriously, you cannot. It, there has been, there has I still, been. I still have the Treasury edition of the the shirtless Batman, Razal Ghul. I have. Mm-hmm. I there's one. So awesome. There's one DC house ad that I constantly remember with with um with Batman on his knees like screaming to the heavens and there's Robin flat on his back one arm up kind of like with with, with a draped wrist and I just I it and it it ties into Rachel Gould but I I don't think there's a decade from the 60s on where there hasn't been something a Neil Adams comic or a Neil Adams ad or something where just Neil Adams has been in comics for as long as I've been reading comics and there's something I can always pick out from from any year I've been reading. Right. Uh, he he injected an unprecedented level of realism to comic book art, um, yeah. which we all know kind of revolutionized things but for as much as he his style was a a boon to comics it was also a death sentence too in in many ways because uh, because we would not have well i i don't i shouldn't say we wouldn't have it led to that whole you know taking your time making it ultra real like the kurt swan was a thing of the past when someone got a, a look at Neil Adams, like, oh my God, this is so real and so visually arresting, which Kurt Swan is too, but in a, in a, in a more, yeah, in a, in a more shorthand fashion, more. Uh, uh, take it in Kirby. 
Right, right. But when Neil jazzed things up, it kind of set the stage for the stuff that goes on today where you get these guys that take freaking months and months and months to draw a book because they want to get it as real as possible. And it's just a style that I wish that it, it was solely relegated to Neil Adams. Like, I, I you know, because when Adams burst on the scene, then you got uh, Kaluta and Wrightson and all those guys that um not didn't draw in the same way but they they had a a very realistic style as opposed to the more cartoony thing that was the mm. the status quo from comics for a lot of a lot of years and that it is just it, it benefited and and it detracted from comics and i'm trying to get i'm trying to find my position on it i have an emotional position but that's not always easy to to Mm-hmm. put into words I, I i just think that the things that we the 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 uh detriments to being a comic fan right now as far as the art's concerned a lot of that has to do with neil adams that 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 ultra realistic style uh you know draw everything in the kitchen sink and and, and render it well that doesn't lend itself to expediency and uh, oh no because everything was rendered so well i mean it, he was yeah yeah, he was amazing. Still is amazing. And there's only so, one Neil Adams, but yep. you know. But he's God, he spawned he spawned a whole generation or two of artists that, you know, wanted to, to emulate him. And you're right, <laughs> yeah. he, he changed he changed the look of comics. Yeah. Including uh Mr. Sinkevich. Oh yeah, I was just gonna say yeah. that. Sure. sure. And and I guess and nowadays I mean I know we mentioned Hitch before, and and there was the Alan Davis clone eras, but I I think there's there's some there's some Alan Davis in there these days. Yeah, I, I mean, well, you know me. For my money, I would leave Neil Adams alone, and I wish he was the only one who drew in that that um, hyper realistic style because mm-hmm. I like things more boiled down. I like I like um, short like Kirby. I, I love that shorthand emotional style where, yeah, maybe all of the muscles aren't in the right places, but God damn it, it doesn't matter because you feel the scene. Um, you, you know, the right. energy is there. Yeah, it still communicates. I, I lean more towards that, that, that style. Well, yeah, you do. You know, I, I, I've been thinking a lot about the, uh, the image guys, particularly McFarlane and, and their place in the history of comics because we're in unprecedented territory now in terms of McFarlane's like significance in the sense that I mean his art is commanding prices that no one else in the field commands like period I mean like we're talking stock Spider-Man pages are going for tens of thousands of dollars now wow I mean well and and again you can but I'm saying in terms of you can say oh you know a lot of people make fun of those guys and say oh the anatomy was wrong and McFarlane never met a, you know, I mean, people, even in the, David, even in the um, Marvel Untold story book, you know, people talk about, there's a lot of talk about how, uh, like, a lot of McFarlane's colleagues were baffled because he was popular because, you know, he drew Spider-Man in this way that he was, you know, willowy and he, he his legs would bend in strange directions and McFarlane was just like, fuck it, you know, it's cartooning. Like, I, yep. I, I wanted it to convey action and I wanted him to look like an insect and I wanted him to do things that a human couldn't do because he wasn't human, you know? And, and, and the point is, is like, he, the one thing that's clear about McFarlane when you hear him talk or you read interviews about his perspective on career is he didn't give a shit ever about whether or not people thought 
what he was doing was good or not. Like he believed what he was doing was great. Like and had a un, you know, and and it, and I think that there's something to that. Like I think that's something that Kirby shared and and Adam yep. shared. They just trusted themselves and and they believed that the way they were rendering their illustrations was like was was the right way to do it and it pleased them and they didn't really worry too much beyond that like it just and 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 that confidence seemingly connected with fans in a way that none of their contemporaries at the time did and i'm telling you right now people can laugh and there's probably old timers listening to this show right now being like you're out of your mind dude mcfarlane is going to go down in history as one of the most important comic book artists i'm telling Uh, you i completely agree his work is i mean his comic his covers are selling for six figures people I mean, Kirby doesn't even sell six figures. I mean, we're talking like unprecedented interest in the man's artwork. And I'm talking yeah. about the artwork. You know what I mean? Like people are paying but do you, humongous premiums for his artwork. Do you think it's because the people who were were young enough when that was coming out have the money now to buy? Sure. It's a, yeah. yeah, it's a generational yeah. thing. Sure. On the other hand. The, that's definitely a part of it, absolutely. But the the people that that covet that haven't stopped coveting the other stuff. You know what I mean? Like, like it's not like the people that that, that grew up reading Kirby aren't super wealthy now. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. that the people that grew up our age reading McFarlane are finally super wealthy. Like, there's finally right, that. right. I think I yeah. think there's also a component to it where um, people not in comics um, who have money. They notice trends and and ways that they can make more money. So if they see a certain artist's work going for disgusting amounts of money, that just kind of plays into the mystique even more. Where, like Jason said, if you get a a, a piece of art that sounds for six figures, someone not in comics who you know deals in 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 currency is going to look at that and say, "Wow, I can." I may be able to make some money off this, or there must be something to this because look at look at the price this guy's commanding, and that just plays into the legacy even more, right? Definitely, definitely. I mean, and, and just, um, I mean, even here sitting here talking about it, I mean, he he has iconic. I mean, I can picture in my head a hundred different McFarlane images that I think are iconic. Dude's a pioneer, me, you know. Yeah. Um, and and know, they, he was, you know, they were all contemporaries. You know, it's not like. But I mean, I remember a lot more McFarlane images than I do Jim Lee images. Oh, Jim yeah. Lee, Dale yeah. Keown, yeah, yeah. absolutely. You know, and, you, and you know what? Look, Jim, Jim Lee's obviously had an amazing career and was a contemporary, and he was he was on the number one book at Marvel, and mm-hmm. he was a big part of Image's success, and he's obviously the co editor in chief at DC now. I mean, he's had an amazing career, but uh, and I, I consider I, I'm I'm a Jim Lee fan, at least I have been historically, but. You, I mean, he doesn't have those seminal visuals that 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 McFarlane had. He lacks uh, the emotion so. too. Yeah, exactly. There's, yep. Yeah, there, there, yep. there's a there's a dearth of emotion in in Lee's work. It's not it's not static by any means. But when you got Spider Man looking like a rubber band flipping across the you and know Mary a, Jane, a, a, a city, yeah, like cityscape, yeah. and then you look at Jim Lee's X Men. It's it's kind of sterile in a way. Yeah, I well, I loved his X Men, but you know, it's it, Lee. Oh, and, we too, probably, yeah. and we've talked about it before. Lee is probably the most gifted draftsman of, oh, sure. of his generation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if I but if I look at Rogue or Storm by Jim Lee, 
there's a lot more straight edges there than there are with the curves from Black Cat or Mary right. Jane from McFarlane's yeah. Spider-Man book. Exactly. You know, for my money, I like Jim Lee too, but I would take Sylvester over him any day. Any day. Uh, you, you know, know what's what? Funny? If, I, I, I love, speaking of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, no, Valentina, never mind. I was going to say I love Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy. Yeah, no, I, but I'm not a big Sylvester smart. fan. Sylvester X Men to me oh, was oh, oh. like less less okay, significant well, to me. All right, so, so that's X Men, but what about Wolverine with LCD and Al? Oh, that stuff yeah, is no, great. I mean, look, I mean, yeah, I can't front. No, that was good. That was good. But you me, know that, what? You know what? I that's what I think about when I think of Mark Sylvester. Not yeah. Cyber Force. Not his X Men stuff. Not, like, not Australia. Yeah, Green Run. No, you're right. As I think about the image guys, like I, I would say this. I mean. Again, I think McFarlane has those images, those scenes that I remember so vividly. Whereas, you know, I mean, obviously, all kidding aside, I'm a huge Rob fan, as you all know. And and to me, though, what I remember most about Rob isn't necessarily the the the, the cartooning as much as the character creation. Mm-hmm. Like what what excited me about Rob was was he just created so many characters all at once. And and again, as we've talked about in, in modern comics, that's unusual. And uh, it didn't last long, but the thing is, is a lot of those characters still to this day are characters I care about, right? I mean, I'm, I probably care about Domino more than any you – know, there are probably very few, few human beings on the earth that are in, as interested in Domino being comic books as I am, you know? But, I mean, Cable and, and, and you know, and all the, all the, the X-Force Deadpool. and the New Mutants and, and Deadpool and Domino and it just just – he just was just unbridled. He just was like – he got a shot and he just said – literally he – he he sent dozens of character, you know, uh, ideas to the editors. Like the second he got a gig at Marvel, he was like, "I want to do that." Just that. So I remember him for his ability to create new characters that I found interesting. I I don't, but McFarlane was the one that I'm like, I just the images, the covers, you know, that yeah. just just crazy. You know, if our buddy Ron has any kind of clout at all at his new <laughs> position, no, seriously, if 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 you have a a, a man associated with the company who is pulling in six figures for his artwork and he has a forum for new artwork along the same lines why would you not capitalize on that and and it's it's purely selfish on my part because i want to see spawn back to the place of prominence it once had get kadransky off the book get mcfarland <laughs> even even if it's for like four or five issues Get him drawn well, the book I mean, again. That's not Ron, Ron, I mean, that's not Ron's department. I mean, well, no. I mean, he Todd's, can. Todd's still in. I mean, one of the the heads of image. If it's that's Todd's department. Well, Todd has yeah. to decide he wants to draw. Again. He can put I a mean, bug in his ear. Come on, dude. You just I mean, made Image United, right? I mean, I mean, it's yeah. beautiful. Yeah, but <laughs> no. No, no, but I'm saying Rob, I mean, Todd is clearly not motivated to... David's Rob. hating on me tonight. I don't know why. <laughs> you said it's beautiful. It's no, let, let's get McFarlane back on a book, and you watch the numbers on that. Seriously. Right. What about um, Haunt? Does it really do much? Well, like, maybe... Uh, I, I don't... Burn it down, man. No, I don't know. I don't... I, I, I'm still... Jury's still out on that one. I think it was... Because it was so much like Spawn, but not Spawn, maybe people shy. Well, I, I don't know. And Spider Man, yeah, yeah, it was exactly. it was an amalgamation of all his yeah, his yeah. his properties, and I don't it didn't catch on. But I think you put McFarlane back on the book he made famous just for a couple of issues, and and sales would go through the roof. I'm telling you. Why does he not see this? I mean, look at his business. Because if he I didn't, think he's probably making enough money without it. But 
there's still money to be made. Come on. Um, his toy business, if it wasn't for the sports figures, the, the, the toy thing and, okay, Halo, the thing would be gone. I mean, he was, at one time, he owned Toys R Us. His, his figures were selling like hotcakes at one time. And well, sure, he, I, I, think, he, I think there is a flaw in your in your in your line of thinking here, in the sense that, of course, uh, no, I'm saying I, I just think that that from everything I can gather, McFarlane is very happy with his place in life, in the sense that he's <sighs> I don't know exactly how he's doing it, but he's making a ton of money. Like he's he's whether it's selling his own art or the toy business. I mean, he's clearly not hurting for income. So no, you know what I mean? Like he's, but, but he, would he's you shirk the, at the, at the chance of making even more money, like a lot more money? Mm, well, who's to say McFarland, dude, honestly, do we know that McFarland was not drawing a commission every three months for some big, uh, maybe you know, Asian yeah. buyer did, that's saying, I'll pay you 50 grand. If you draw me spawn, did you see right. the Fuhrer uh, he created recently? He did the promotional poster for the um, fourth game in the Assassin's Creed series, and no, people I didn't were going, yeah, people were going nuts. It, it's a great image too, and I think you can only get the poster if you pre-order the game. Oh, uh, it's Dude, gorgeous. I mean, we're in a world where Raphael Grampa, who I adore, I absolutely <laughs> adore, but has done very little published work. I mean, very little. And he's getting a thousand dollars for basically a, a pencil <laughs> sketch. Yeah, you know, like like without even. I mean, like in in an hour, he got a. My point is 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 you know you got a guy like Art Adams that literally has made his living for the last twenty years on commissions, right? Mm-hmm. You got guys. I mean, you got uh, you got guys even like uh, with Sal Buscema, who I love to death. You know, charging you know four or five figures for a cover recreation. Like the point is is. It doesn't take a huge amount of demand for these guys to make great livings doing this because you got 10 guys in the world that are willing to pay that because they have tons of money and they love the guy while well, you're in business, right? Yeah. So McFarlane, dude, I mean, would it surprise you if you found out that McFarlane on a regular basis does six-figure commissions? I would bet he's done at least a couple yeah. of them. It, would, you know? it wouldn't surprise me. And honestly, I have zero business acumen. I mean, stuff that I perceive as obvious may be totally you know, without beyond the realm of possibility in business. So I'm talking out my ass when it comes to, to money, right? It's, it, I'm, it's obvious I am, but it, maybe it's just, I kind of inject my, um, attachment to his artwork into the picture. No. And I, I would love to see McFarland do spawn again. I mean, who the hell wouldn't, you know? Oh, I agree. Oh yeah. Who, who wouldn't love to see a McFarland artist edition? Yeah, uh, I would fucking love I'd it. Buy the, I'd too. buy that right up. Me yeah. too. Yeah. Oh, it'd be great. Spawn or Spider Man? Either I would prefer Spider Man. Yeah, Spider-Man. I would prefer Spider Man. Yeah. Hulk. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'd prefer Spawn, but that goes without saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would. Okay. That's probably be great. But anyway, yeah. this was a long way of saying I, I. I think I'm more and more convinced that McFarlane, like he's going to have a lot of contemporaries, but your Neil Adams talk maybe like I think McFarlane is going to be remembered. You know, fifty years from now, as the the artist of that generation, and he's going to he's going to be remembered. People will speak oh, yeah. fondly yeah. of him. Yeah, you ain't lying. Mm-hmm. Let's look at the old clock on the wall. Oh, yeah. oh boy, it's, 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 we we got to wrap this up. It's sleepy bye bye time. Yeah, the, the rest of y'all get over forty years old, and y'all get tired. I'm I'm still I was, out, I was out a little late last night, admittedly. So. Uh. <laughs> Uh, hey, uh, big thank you to our sponsor, Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com. Get your books one but cheap, 35 to 75% off. 
Use the code EOC8, get an extra 8% off of your first-time customer, dcbservice.com. And since we're talking about convention season, it's time for the Appleseed Convention on May 11th. Yeah, do not miss out on one of the Midwest's best comic book conventions. Appleseed, it's hosted in the very town where Johnny Appleseed's corpse was laid to rest. Fort Wayne, Indiana. The con will feature over a hundred creators and is a show dedicated to comics and the comics community. You can see Mike Norton there, Tom Scholey, Ryan Deep Pocket, Ryan Brown. Um, and it's cheap to get in. Ten dollars gets you in the door. And when you buy a ticket, you are guaranteed an exclusive 11 by 17 print by the great Dave Wachter. And yes, appropriately great dave wachter um check the guest list announcements and you can purchase tickets and lots of more stuff at appleseedcon.com appleseedcon.com uh our buddy zach crucy does this and he is awesome and so will the convention be may 11th pre-order your damn tickets do it um in your travels i have gorged myself on sonic the hedgehog over the weekend and you should too they recently started a new series of digest comics sonic super digest they are 3.99 for 128 pages you absolutely cannot go wrong ian flynn tracy yardley spaz i mean they, they go into the this is stuff way beyond the games if you're not a fan of sonic uh if you're a fan of the games check out the comics because they go so deep into the world of Mobius, and the continuity is unbelievable. Ian Flynn does a great job. Uh, The art is spectacular, and I've said it many times. I'll say it many times again. Sonic the Hedgehog is one of the best books out there. Am I right, right. Jason? You are right, sir. And very soon, we are going to be blessed. I think it starts in April with a crossover between Mega Man and Sonic the Hedgehog called Worlds Collide. It's 12 parts. Cannot freaking wait. It's going to be awesome. 12 Dude, parts. You and I are going to tag team on that. Yes, indeed. <laughs> it's going to go through Sonic, uh, Sonic uh, Universe, and the Mega Man book. And Sonic Youth as well. Yes. So get it. Great stuff. Uh, I think we've talked a little bit in the, over the last year about how, um, I think anyway, that we are in a golden age of of comic art books. There are just so many amazing art books that, that are getting churned out. And uh, I was uh, woefully uh, behind on on getting this one. Uh, and the, the second um, volume, uh, it, so this will tell you how awesome the guy is, is whenever you get you know, white multiple volumes of art and biography books. Well, the second, the second volume of uh, the Alex Toth um, Life and Art books just came out it's uh called genius illustrated well i just got the first one called uh genius isolated the life and art of alex toth and it is awesome it is so so fantastic it's huge by the also i mean it's like um it's uh absolute edition size it's the big 13 by 19 um size and it's a idw so you know the quality on it is great uh retails for 50 dollars, but i got it uh i got it for considerably less than that um i I think it at amazon but uh yeah if you like um 
if you like the art books, this is definitely one to get. If you like uh, artist biographies, this is definitely one to get. And uh, there's there's a ton of actual comics in it. I I love how they uh, how they did this. It's uh it's a it's a lot of biography work, but then there are you know full stories of comics reprinted in here and it's on a beautiful uh, archival quality paper so genius isolated the life and art of alex toth it's a lot like the woodwork book uh yeah um yeah. i think it, yeah they're they're really really similar um and uh yeah just just beautiful stuff and if you don't i got this because i don't know enough about alex toth you know i i know who he is i know a lot of the stuff that he's done i I have a a pretty good grasp on his importance uh, in 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 comics and how many people he uh, influenced and actually uh, uh, tutored along. But I need to know more about the the man's actual work and his life because he's one of the absolute giants of of the medium. And uh, this looks like a a pretty good place to start. Definitely a hall of famer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do not read much from uh, Ultimate Comics these days, but one thing that will get me uh, interested in Ultimate Comics from Marvel is if you put uh, Mahmoud Asrar on pencils. And he is currently penciling Ultimate Comics X-Men, written by Jason's cousin, Brian. My cousin and my, my homie. Um, Doing them together. <laughs> Juan Juan Velasco on inks and uh, Jordi Belair on colors and uh, this is uh, this is the first of of five natural resources. I'm starting the first part and uh, and it definitely looks like Mahmoud. It is gorgeous. Um, it's storm with a mohawk, but otherwise it's a really. <laughs> Good looking issue, so I am. Oh, and there's Rogue wearing not much. So yeah, um, I would suggest uh, if you're in the mood for 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 mainstream stuff to uh, check out Ultimate Comics X Men. Nice, and in a weird bit of cosmic alignment, Vince mentioned my fucking inner travels already, <laughs> which is uh, woodwork. Nice oh, by Mr. Cool. by Frederick Manzano. It it uh, you guys have I know talked about this before and I ordered awesome, mine in, in February after you guys talked about it and it's just astounding. Mm. I sat by our fire place uh this weekend and read through about two thirds of it, just looking through it while the we were all hanging out in the great room and it uh it's just uh, you guys were right, it's just spectacular. I mean IDW is they're doing just such an amazing job with archival material. It's 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 incredible, and and they 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 seemingly find just the right form factor for each and every work. Uh, uh, I just it's, it's a great purchase and, and actually really inexpensive. I think for the quality of the book. I mean, this could have been a hundred dollar you know slipcase book, and you wouldn't have thought twice. Um, so it's it's just it's it's a bargain, and uh, I really recommend it. And uh, before we go, uh, our other sponsor C two E two. Um, I did want to mention to people because I have been waiting for this moment and it's finally here. The complete exhibitor slash speaker slash artist alley list is now up on the website. Oh, really? So you okay. can you can add things to your show planner. You can start looking about who's going to be there, and the list uh, is massive. And I must say, it's uh, kind of cool to see uh, my name in there in the uh, speaker list. So, uh, <laughs> so there you go. So. 
But uh, yeah. no, so the artist any, alley list any, is fine any late here. additions to uh, to artist alley that we should be. Well, aware of? I mean, all I can tell you is as I'm looking here, it's massive. I mean, there are many many people listed here that were not listed up until this point. Okay. I mean, there there are four pages of artist alley. There's 344 artists listed for artist alley. Wow. Also, word's getting out that wow. the, the con is uh, is getting bigger and better. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, dude, think, that's a, I don't know how many there were last year or the year before, but 344 is a lot. Mm-hmm. That's, and you figure if you then add in artists that will be there partial or just with one of the publishers or as a featured guest, I mean, you're, you're talking about probably north of 400 artists. That's that's incredible, man. Brian Defferty going to be there? Ooh, uh, look at you. I, would imagine. I, lo- I love him. Let me check. I, I should bring my school, all my school stuff to get some. You should. I yep. should. It's not like you have to pack them. That's true. Uh, I do or, not or, see his name listed. Hmm. Well, he'll, maybe he'll be there. Uh, well, he's not listed. You have you have Brian Babinderader, Brian <laughs> Fife, Brian Level, Brian Shearer, my cousin Brian Wood, Brian Woodward, <laughs> our boy Brian Hurt, who's probably going to be rolling in dough soon, uh, Brian Flash Turner, Brian... Uh, Glass, Vince's boy. And that's all the Bryans. I should call it the Brian Con. That's a lot of Bryans. Mm-hmm. A lot there of Bryans, dude. So, yeah, C2E2, be there too. Go get your tickets at that uh, Earl I uh, mentioned earlier. What the hell is it? Earl. C2E2. 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 <laughs> <laughs> that, that really dense that crazy long. Earl. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Hope you're right down. And remember. <laughs> Chris Somney's going to be there. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah, if you're looking for the Chris's, there will be Chris Neesman, Chris Alexander, Chris, Chris Bailey, Chris Ennett, Chris Giarusso, Chris Somney, Chris Burnham, should be Christopher, but Chris wow. Hamer, Chrissy Zulo, Christopher Dunn, Christopher Jones, Christopher Uminga. Mm-hmm. So there. Cool. If you're talking about the Davids, of course, going to be the, the DAP. Hey, Dave, Dave, hey, Dave. Declan Shelby's going to be there. Uh, he it's will not, be. Speaking Dave. of that, does anyone know Declan? I think listens to the show, so he can answer directly. Are he and Jordy Belair a couple? I have no idea. He's always tweeting about her stuff and vice versa. So I don't know if they're no, just buddies. You know, it, well, it looks like it looks like they're uh, sharing a table because they're listed together. Exactly. That's um, nice. Imagine me and you. Either way, the Daves. DAP. Good taste. Dave Acosta. David Rodriguez, David Beyer, David Hillman, David Marquez, David Peterson, David Wheeler, David Wong. And then let's see if there's any Vinces. Probably oh, not. David Chelsea? Uh-huh. <laughs> Probably no Vinces here. Scotty Too Hotty Young will be there. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, no Vince. Oh, Vincent Prose. Not Price, but Prose. I should go up is. to him and shake his hand and say, we're pretty Wait. unique, brother. Way to be oh, there. What? And are there any Jasons there? So from Wah. Okay. Uh, is this? Yes, there are. Nicely done. Jason Axtell, Jason Copland, Jason Flowers, Jason Metcalf, Jason Howard, Jason Keith Phillips, Jason, well, Jay Leaston, Jay Nolte, Jay Fosgett. Nice. Well represented in the Jason population. Respect. Yeah, this has been the narcissistic episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, we boy. Hey, thank, thank you for being here. Uh, we'll be back next uh, week. 
And shut up, you. And as <laughs> usual, ah, David, David, <laughs> as usual, we love you so much. Yes, we do. Nice and we'll see you at C2E2. And we'll be back next week. Yeah, we will. Yeah, Bye. Uh, call me. Yeah. Call me. Yeah.